Hello, and welcome to Franchise Me. I am Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week, we will talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and t- compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. I f***ed up. Roll it again, <laughs> This week, we travel to the future and fight against the machines as we discuss Terminator Salvation. Andrew, here we are. Another week, another film in the Terminator franchise. How are we doing? Well, this one is interesting. Let me answer the general question. I'm good. We've already done the first three. Started off very strong. Very strong. Three, I think as we kind of uh, talked about last week, uh, a slight dip in quality overall. Pretty enjoyable. You know, has its high moments, has its low moments. Definitely, like I said, Um, uh, enjoyable over like good or bad. Like it's just, it is fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Opinions vary on that one. Some find it enjoyable, some don't. This week's going to be interesting. This week's going to be interesting because Salvation... It's a movie. It's a movie, and there's a lot to unpack here with this one. And I think uh, maybe people don't think there's a lot to unpack, but you and I are going to unpack quite a bit with this movie, which I'm excited to do. Well, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, but where are you where are you at with all in this? In many ways, this film kind of delivers on some promises that the franchise has made, and in some ways, this film kind of disappoints on a lot yeah. of promises this franchise has made. It is interesting to see this movie is, you know, a little divisive. You know, uh, well, not really divisive because I think a lot of people feel the same way. But literally, as I was watching this movie, I, I told you this. I said to myself, I was about halfway through. I don't know if this is a good movie or not. Like I could, I could not decide. Yeah, and I could not tell. I was like, am I am I having a good time? Am I, am I bored? <laughs> like I just felt like neutral. Well, this almost. was this like, was a. a, a, a... A concern you voiced last week with three as well. You kind of said, "Is this a good or a bad movie?" And, and yeah. it, it generally falls into it's decent. Yeah, we kind yeah. of agreed it's decent. Yeah, but I agree with that sentiment in that this one is like I don't I don't know if I like it or not. But I, I well I do know if I like it or not. But I don't know if it's good or bad or if it's really like the- I, I can't really classify this movie because. There are some highs in this movie, and there are some real lows in this movie. And it's a really frustrating watch overall for me. Again, I think why this may have been a little bit of an easier pill for me to swallow Uh is I I have seen this movie before. Right. And I did not remember much of it as I was watching it. Little scenes were being triggered. You know, obviously I know, like, the big thing with Marcus Wright. Like, I I knew that going in. I mean, again, they showed that in the trailers. So did like, they really? Yeah, they really did. They reveal that in the yes, trailer. Yes, they do. Yeah, that's they, what I'm saying. They play it up like it's the twist. They, this franchise does not care about twists. That's amazing. So, I would not have revealed th- that There's in the a big, there, in Genesis, the big twist of Genesis is all over the trailers. That's unbelievable. Yeah. They think that like showing the twist is a way to get the audience like enticed. But like it kind of really... How dumb can you get? Yeah. Maybe like because this, maybe they were afraid this twist would be confusing or divisive, and maybe showing it in the trailers and getting an audience ready. It did not bother me because I knew it was coming. Right. But like, right. yeah, like, like I remembered the scene, like a lot of stuff with the motorcycle terminators and stuff. So it is funny. Like I was watching, I was just having like flashbacks. And I was like <laughs> sitting in a theater in 2009, going, I remember this part. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. it, but I didn't, I didn't remember a lot of it. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. So it is that way, though. It's a little bit forgettable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. You know, probably of these. 
again, we'll get there, but of these we'll first four, why, it probably is the most forgettable. Yeah, so easily. I don't know, you know, but there again, like you said, there's a lot of good stuff here. So let's just jump into it. Release date, May 21st, 2009. Good year for movies. Sig- well, one of the biggest movies of all time comes out in that year named Avatar. That's a big deal. The, I don't know who made that movie. I don't know anybody behind that movie. Jim did. <laughs> This is six years after the last movie. James Cameron is out. Jonathan Mostow came in the third one. He's out. I don't even know if they even offered him the job. Probably not. But so, we uh, get. Can you, tell, can you tell me who directed this movie? Um, we get um, a man by the name of Mick G. <laughs> Mick G. Mick G is his name. Yep. Um, yeah, I, that's not really his name. That's his uh, apparently his show name. Yeah, I guess yeah. his his Hollywood name. I believe his actual name is John McGinty. Yeah, if I remember correctly. But he, yeah, he goes by Mick G, and yeah. he's just sticking with it. I mean, this is this is a man like I think in his like fifties, and he's going by Mick G. <laughs> well, he's an interesting <laughs> choice because he had done three movies. He directed three movies before this. Yeah. The two Charlie Angels movies. Okay. And We Are Marshall, which is the Matthew McConaughey, the Matthew McConaughey fo- football, uh, football movie. drama. Yeah, so yeah. I, I have seen parts of the both Charlie Charlie's Angels, Angels movies. Right. And I have not really seen anything with We Are Marshall. So I can't really I've make it. I've actually seen We Are Marshall. Is it, I will it, say. Is it good? It's pretty decent, actually, yeah. from what I remember. Um, <clears throat> I think that's more his wheelhouse than uh, yeah, it's interesting what we're that, going to talk about. It's <laughs> interesting that he was chosen for this job because like, yeah. nothing he's really done fits this you know stood out to warrant him getting this job yeah i mean even like the charlie andrews movies from what i understand are fine you know but they're you know like we talked about they are kind of in that early to the mid 2000s action movies that are very forgettable and really don't do anything don't bring anything new and they're unique and kind of stale you know from what i I understand i haven't seen them for sure and i but i would guarantee you that that's the reason he got the job i guarantee you there's some executive who saw those charlie's angels movies really loved them and went this is the guy and then got him the director job there's nowhere else that i can piece together as to why he would get this other than his charlie's angels movies because that's the only action stuff he's directed Uh, and for whatever reason he was given the reins of terminator salvation maybe they thought the character work in we are marshall was good too and they wanted yeah maybe that's it i don't know don't forget like this franchise at its best is a character-driven franchise, right. or, or they, right. it has character-driven movies. It should be that, or it's starting to take a slip where it's not that. So, right. um, I did watch a little twenty-minute documentary, more or less, that came on the Terminator Salvation Blu-ray. Sure. Uh, there's not much to it. It is a lot of like the special effects and sets right, and right. practical effects and makeups and stuff like that. I said to you, is maybe you know a little hint at like you know the actual quality of the film. Is right, right. They're not really talking about the characters or the script right, or. Right. Right. story we just see how we built this ship <laughs> you what know is christian bale well the ship <laughs> is what we're talking about right now we're not talking about john connor he does seem like he's very into it he seems very yeah. energized and he seems proud of himself and which is fine but it's great and he seems enthused by it so it's not like he this doesn't feel like a movie he took for a paycheck or whatever, right, right. or to even as a stepping stone in his career. Like he took it as a challenge to himself as a director, and you know something that he thought maybe he would enjoy, and, and right. he thought that he could compliment. So oh, cool! It is written by John Br- uh, Brancano and Michael Ferris. No, that is not a typo. Those are the two same names yep. from last week. Yep. So. When I legit, legitimately, when I printed out my information, because I printed out the Terminator 3 and Salvation at the same time, I thought it was a, a mistake. I thought right. I forgot to switch, switch the names. No, same guys wrote both movies. It's crazy that they were able to keep that job because I just didn't think 
you know, we get a new director, we're getting basically an on, you know, and it is an all new cast. It felt like maybe they would just get new writers to go with it. But I guess maybe they had faith in these guys and they thought maybe they could bring a good story. I don't know. Right. Interesting. It's fine. I, 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 yeah, I mean, there's, I think maybe that's, uh, again, kind of like last week, how we kind of complimented, not complimented, we said the writing wasn't the strongest. Yeah. I think that's the case again this week. Yeah, and I think, again, maybe these guys don't seem to fully understand the world or they think they understand the world. And again, not even as an insult them, but nobody is James Cameron, right? right. Like, you know who understands his world? James Cameron James understands Cameron his world. James Cameron understands yeah. his world, yeah. And he can expand on it, he can create it. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that he needs to be the only one to make one of these movies, but right. it just, it, he he seems so far to be the only one who is able to confidently make one of these. Right. So yeah, I agree. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Christian Bale as John Connor, Sam Worthington as Marcus Wright, Anton Yelchin as Kyle Reese, Moon Bloodgood as Blair Woo! Williams. We had a little conversation what about a man name. named. Uh, we had a little conversation about a man named Luke. Young blood, but Great I think name. this one tops. This one tops. tops it. I mean, if you're walking around with a name like Moon Blood, blood Good, you don't change. You you. That's the name of the character. Yeah, I, like, like it's one of those situations <laughs> where, oh hi, uh, and your name is uh, I'm Moon Bloodgood. Well, you're certainly <laughs> you're certainly not Blair Moon Williams. Williams. <laughs> yeah, you're, we're gonna give you this boring average name, yeah. but you know we're gonna take away Moon Bloodgood. <laughs> Moon Bloodgood. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard as Kate Connor. Common as Barnes, Jane yeah. Alexander as Virginia, Helena Bonham Carter as Dr. Serena Kogan slash Skynet. I, I included a lot of um, names here because I wrote this before I did the sure. movie, so I wasn't sure the size of parts or whatever. Sure. Uh, Michael Ironside as General Ashdown, Ivan G. Vera as General Lozenko, Jada Grace Berry as Star, and featuring the voice of Linda Hamilton and the face likeness of Arnold Schwarzenegger with Roland Kickinger playing the body. Yeah, so that's it. Little cameos, little uncredited cameos by mm-hmm. voice cameo by Linda Hamilton, and you know they get the, we get the face likeness of Arnold. You know, not much really to talk there. It is nice to hear Linda Hamilton's voice again. Yeah, and, it's um, only for like two scenes. No, and, and yeah, it's, it's fine. She's just, it. It sounds like she's. It's more of the messages it that is, she yes. left from the original movie, which is really cool. So that's that's a neat thing. It just makes me like, man, I wish she was in this movie. Boy, I wish she was actually here. Yeah, like good lord. <laughs> and you know we get the face likeness of Arnold. Uh, you know what I, I told you, and I don't know if this yeah. is controversial or not, or people agree with me or not. But I thought it looked really good. Uh, I thought it did too, especially looks- for 2009. This is technology that we are using more now. I mean, people can literally you can download an app. You can basically do this on your phone. You can do deep fakes now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. and this is kind of deep fake technology before deep fake technology right, was a thing. Right. And you know, putting this face on this body of this man, you know, it, it looks really well. It's really it's really quick. good. It's not like they linger on it. Oh, it goes they, really fast. They take that face off. They take right it, away. Yeah, they take the face off quick. Like he comes out and they leave it there enough that you. Can can see that it is the likeness of Arnold, which, by the way, he gave his blessing for. Yes. He did, he did okay them to do it. It wasn't like they just did it and said, oh, Arnold's in the movie. They did ask him and he gave the blessing. But he comes out and it's very quick. You see the face, you see the body, and then uh, they take that face off real quick, and they're like, "Ah, oh, it's a robot! It's a robot!" We John Connor smashes him in the face with something. And it's yeah. like, oh, "Oh, it's a robot! Good. It's a robot! Good. It's a robot!" Yeah, so, they, I, I think that was uh, hiking the budget up a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to just go to the big man in this movie, or well, the, I kind of want to save them for the end. I okay, think. that's fine. You want to save the I, think, th- I guess the three main guys, right? You want to do Bale, uh, Worthington, Worthington, and, and Yelchin, and Yelchin. We'll last. save we'll save them last okay. because I have we're we're gonna have a conversation about them that's fun let's, let's go back to front okay so then we have jada grace barry as star 
She is this little mute? mute. She's a mute child she's that good. is working with Kyle Reese. Yeah. Really good. I mean, obviously, she doesn't have any lines because right, she is right. mute. But yeah, I mean, you know, she gives it gives him a little companion. Gives him a companion. I actually, I like their relationship. I like that Absolutely. it's kind of this, you know, they, they know how to work together. Yeah. Um, she's you know, a child. Like she's a yeah. child yeah. actress. Yeah. Really good. You know, I, I enjoyed it. Ivan G. Vera as General Losenko. I, he's... I don't even know who that he's is. He's like the other... He's not the general like that like John Connor's like yelling at. I think he's not he's the, the one in the submarine. Marine. Well, no, I think they're both in the submarine. He's the, I think he's, oh, the, he's gu- the other guy. Oh, the other guy. The I think he's yes. the one that is, delivers the line about right. We right. got like about intercepting the. He message. has the hat on. Yeah, and he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, I yeah. know which one that is. Yeah, he's fine too. Yeah, I mean, he's again really tiny there. role, tiny yeah. role. Uh, Michael Ireland's side is General Ashdown. He has a little bit more to he's do. He's the one in the actual submarine. Yes. He's seen, he has a weird role because. You know, he's the guy calling all the shots, basically, from underwater yeah. in the submarine. And he's just, he's yelling at John. Every time he talks to John Connor, they're just screaming. It ends in, like, a yelling match yep, between yep. them. It's weird because it puts John Connor's character in a weird position because this guy's supposed to be a leader of the resistance. But he's getting, like, yelled at by yeah. this general yeah. underwater. This is very weird. He's meant there. He's meant to be there... Uh, as a, like you know uh, an antagonist yeah. to John Connor and kind of like being in the way of him fully living up and accepting his his role right right even though it's been three other movies and we were promised that this was a movie we should <laughs> see that <laughs> we but promised. you know we'll talk about it in a, in a little bit Helena Bonham, Bonham Carter as Dr. Serena Kogan she's also Skynet but then so is Bale and so is Yelchin but right she's like the primary like Skynet yes, yes. Face. and she, they're just using her likeness to talk to Marcus right. because he's more comfortable with her but right, right. again this is a tiny role and this is a big name for a tiny I, role when when they were rolling those uh those credits at the beginning and because the last credit is and helena bottom carter i was like oh that's that's really cool the movie opens literally with a scene between her and marcus, uh, marcus and she's just kind of i guess a nurse no she works at cyberdyne she works at cyberdyne okay and she's a scientist she's a scientist and they have like a conversation there's this weird, I don't know, this weird romance thing. Chemistry. He kisses uh, it's, her. It's he, very he, strange. He's it's willing a, to sign the contract for a kiss from her. It's a weird scene. It's a weird scene. We'll talk about it. It's a weird scene. But then she basically disappears from the movie until the end. She pops up in like a flashback or two. A flashback or two and then pops up really in a prominent role at the end. And you're like, oh, okay. It's very weird. She, I, I, you know. I think they mean the user as like this emotional crux for Marcus. but doesn't work. It just feels like things were chopped out or not yeah, included. Yeah, and, it, it and doesn't I, work. I, I don't have this in my fun facts because this is not a fun fact and I don't want to whatever. I don't want to include it in there, but I can say it here that apparently while filming this movie, she did tragically lose four of her family members. I don't know exa- who exactly, oh my God. but there was like an accident and four of her family members did pass away and she had to, had to uh, kind of postpone her shooting for a while, you know, a couple of weeks or something, I think, or wow. day, at least days, but I think weeks, maybe. Again, I didn't write it down, so I don't know the technical gist of it. But you know, so she can mourn and and you know and, oh, and yeah, yeah. get everything set up and you know whatever and right, do whatever right, she had right, to right, do. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe they had more planned for her and and maybe they just didn't have time because they she had, they you know that she did come it. back, but yeah, like could be because they kind of had to postpone some stuff. So, but I mean, she's fine for what she does, but it is a weird. It's a small role. Yeah. For a big actress like that, I, super they, small they try role. to play off of the fact that 
you know, when we start the movie, we just are introduced to these two characters right away. Like mm-hmm. you said, we have no backstory in any of them. We learn that Marcus is on death row because he killed his brother. Yeah. They don't really explain They don't explain why it. or how. They don't do or... any flashbacks with No, no. It's very weird. And she has cancer and she's yep. dying. Yep. So basically it's supposed to be like a playoff of they're they're kind of both on death row. Yeah, yeah. So I think like there's some sympathy and then maybe that's why they kissed. Like, there's some sympathy between the, the two of each other that they both know that in just a matter of time both right. of them are going to die. Right. And there's nothing either of them can do. So I don't know. It, it is weird and it's a weird role for her, but she's fine. I have Jane Alexander as Virginia, but I couldn't even tell you who that is. I don't know who that is. I don't know who Virginia is. I, I don't know, man. I really don't. I think she's... that. That's the problem with this movie. I don't know. I think I she is a soldier. She's the older lady who runs the refugee group that she's with Kyle and Star. Right. The, the silver hair. Okay, and gotcha. Okay, that's who that is. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. I, I was literally was. I, I don't think they even. I guess they say her name real quick. I don't know. I missed that. But yeah, that's who that is. Not much to do. Not much She's there. fine. You, yeah. There is a common theme, uh, theme here. <laughs> and speaking of common theme, let's talk about common as Barnes. Oh, that's a great segue. <laughs> nice one. It's again super small role like he doesn't have many lines of dialogue he's obviously like christian bale or john connor's kind of right 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 hand man yeah and it's it's fine i mean he doesn't do a lot it's a very small role not a lot to do i mean it's really unfortunate that we're saying this but there really there is not a lot for these characters to do a lot of this kind of feels like the supporting characters kind of got thrown to the side it felt like and there's a focus on the main three which isn't a problem but like maybe don't put these big name actors in these roles and then give them very little to do yeah yeah i mean yeah because i mean again common's not the biggest like actor but he's a big he's a big name people know who common is and and you know uh, yeah exactly yeah he's he's kind of one of the like musician who's transitioned yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. uh he's the ludicrous of this film you know but but, uh it does feel like they put these actors in these roles so that if if they do a sequel they were planning on doing a sequel yep that maybe, you know, they can maybe do some more, you know, and expand, and on, expand them a on them a little bit more in the sequel. But I hate that. Like, if yeah. you have characters in this movie, let's use the characters in this movie. Right. We have Bryce Dallas Howard as Kate Connor. And once again, somebody <laughs> who's really does not have much to do. It's really unfortunate. She gets a couple of good scenes with Christian Bale. F- as Literally a couple. As this emotional support, but it's right. really kind of him talking at her and she just listens and then she'll say like a line or two yeah and she goes yes i agree or you know it's just yeah. it's ridiculous and again it's a shame because as we know bryce dallas howard a very big talent now yeah you know he acting and also i know she's in direct she directs now and you know daughter of uh ron howard yep. famous yep. director ron howard absolutely you know yeah it's unfortunate another just it's it's a small role with not a lot to do and i hate saying that because i want to talk about these characters but they don't do anything yeah well i think we're gonna start talk, talking about People We're gonna get there to soon. Yeah, uh, we have Moonblood Good as Blair Williams because she she does have a decent amount to do. Could you just uh, say that name one more time? Uh, Moonblood Good. Oh, you, wonderful! You are not hearing me this. You're not hearing me wrong. <laughs> this woman's name and. We're not trying to make fun of her. I think this is an awesome name. Yeah. I want to name my child Moonblood yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, Moon Blood, Blood Good. good. One yeah. word. Blood Good. Incredible. That's an incredible name. Incredible. Yeah, you know? that's great. This is probably the first character we can actually talk yes. on a little bit. It's funny because they introduced that she doesn't actually appear in the movie until like 45 minutes yeah, it's in. it's like halfway through. It's like halfway almost. through the movie, yeah. And then she appears and you go, oh. And then when she does appear, they seem to just keep bringing her back yeah, yeah, because yeah. 
her story is very intertwined with Marcus's story, which is why she becomes kind of a prominent character. I sort of liked her. I liked her as a foil to Marcus to yeah. a degree, I guess. I don't know. It, it, again, it was kind of this weird relationship to me. Marcus is like, you know, the stoic guy and he's just very like, oh, gee. And they have a lot of bad dialogue exchanges. <laughs> like, w- like when they're at the fire and they're sitting at the fire and she's like, she's like, I just need some body heat. Yeah. And he's like, and she's like huddled up to him and then he goes, do you think people deserve a second chance? And she goes, you do because you're good. And he goes, no, I'm not. And I'm like, I want to, oh, I was getting so mad. Like I was having that situation where I was standing up and I was walking. Cause I'm like, who wrote this? Yeah. Who wrote this? Uh, John Brancano. Yeah, Brancato, I know. And I Michael know. Ferris. I, I just, uh. I was so frustrated watching it. I think she would have gotten better if this stayed a trilogy, but from what I got in this movie, I didn't love it. Yeah. And I mean, she, you know, but she said, you know, because I was reading a little bit, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, you know, the goal with her was to continue the, or the, the, the legacy of this franchise having right. tough women, but. Yeah. Where was that? It's, she, I mean, she's tough, but. Not as she, tough as Linda not Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. She ain't Linda Hamilton tough. Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> not coming up there going, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. He's not walking in the room going, oh my God, moon blood good. You're so ripped. She's fine. She's fine for what the role requires. But mm-hmm. I think that she does help get a... It, yes, the dialogue is awkward, but she does help get a little bit more out of Sam Worthington. Like, I think that the two of them working together is more enjoyable than maybe the two of them working on their own. Like, I think... I, don't I, even, I, I will agree with that. I don't I even know if that. it's chemistry. Like, I think there's some chemistry. It's not a lot, but... It's not a lot of chemistry. Some but chemistry, but they're able to elevate each other... To a degree, to, a to degree. make it a little bit better. Exactly. When when they're separated, it's separated. It's I, not as interesting. I will agree. When when she's on her own, it's a little boring. And when Worthington's on his own, it really drags. And we'll get to him. But that's I, I think that's really all I want to say about her because I kind of yeah. felt like I mean, she's only in half the movie, and it's kind of just for... she is in good action sequences. That sequence when they're escaping the resistance headquarters is yeah, really, is yeah, a really yeah, yeah. good sequence. It's, I think it's a really good sequence, right? Um, and it's some good action and she does good in it. So, yeah. so yeah, I think if you're looking for somebody to do action, like, yes, we have to lower the standards because not right. everybody is going to be Linda Hamilton and do what Linda Hamilton No one's bringing did. that energy. No, and, and, and Linda Hamilton, you know, you know, struggles with that. I mean, obviously she's older, you know, but, right, right. but like Linda Hamilton even was like, I couldn't do that again. Like, you know, it's right. just the kind of the time and how everything worked out. Like, you know, so I understand, like, but if you're looking for a woman to be involved in the action and to have some, some cool sequences, then yeah, She's fine. She's yeah. Fine. And I, like I said, I think with, with maybe a couple more movies, they would have flushed her out more. Yeah. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine for what she does this movie. But here's the thing. You shouldn't have that. I know. You I shouldn't know. And need that's, that. That's the problem. Anton Yelchin as Kyle Reese. This, to me, is the best performance in this it movie. It is the performance of the movie. There's yeah. no doubt. It's really good. And that's crazy to say because we're like... Christian Bale's in this movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Anton Yelchin, the biggest actor of 2009. Sam actor. Worthington is in this movie. Oh, stop so. it. Anton Yelchin. When you compare him against those two, Ryan, he's running circles yeah. around them, and he's so much younger than he's them. He's so much younger than them, and he is running circles around them with his performance. I mean, I was like, this guy is really good. Yeah. Like, you can see why he became such a kind of actor that people yes. went to to yes. do things i mean because obviously he's gonna his name will come up again when we touch on star, star trek, trek eventually yep. but you know it, it and it's a shame because obviously anton yelchin no longer with us yes. he's passed which is unfortunate because he 
was a huge talent, and you can see why. Running circles around these guys. I mean, yeah. he, his Kyle Reese. You said it. He looks just like Michael Bean. Yeah, and it's I not, thought he was. It's not a physical like he doesn't naturally look like Michael Bean, but he was able to copy Michael Bean's movements. Like he he really did. Stu- like he, he studied. Like he did. He, he watched like he watched the first Terminator movie and studied and, Michael and, Bean and his movements. Like he must have watched it over and yeah. over to and get like that. And like like you mentioned, like that that frantic nature of yes. Michael Bean in that first movie. He has that here. Yes, and he's younger. You know, clearly younger, but I think he's but, like a teenager. Right? Yeah, he's like I think he. Yeah, well, he says, "Was there a teenage boy?" Christian Bale says, "Was there a teenage boy there?" So yeah, yeah he's supposed to be like I think he's like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, fifteen to seventeen, somewhere yeah. in between. Yeah, no, he is really an incredible actor, and like again, like you said, unfortunately, he is not with us. He's one of those actors that you look back at his filmography, yeah. and like if you watch it and you recognize his performances, like this is not a great movie, but this performance is from him is really great. Right. You look at Star Trek. That's a completely different character that he's playing. Yeah. You know, but Entirely but, but really character. well done and really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got movies like Charlie Bartlett, or you know, a movie that I did watch earlier this year. I I talked to you uh-huh. and. This was a recommendation and one of Tony's favorite movies, and I feel obligated to mention it on here because thank you, Tony, as always. Uh, Like Crazy, you know, is is this, is, you know, Anton Yelchin and Felicity Jones. Uh Uh-huh. You know, this relationship movie between the two of them, and we see their struggles, and we see the emotions that they deal with. We see them at their highest, we see them at their lowest. And what he is able to, Felicity Jones as well in that movie, but what he is able to do in that movie, again, something completely different from this. Yeah. And, and and what he's able to do and what he's able to show and that was 2011. Yeah. That's only two years two later. Years. I saw so. I saw him in this movie too. I just want to mention. I think it deserves a shout out called Green Room. Yeah, I've heard about it. Oh, that, he's yes. awesome in Green Room. Yeah. He's really good in that movie too. Also stars Patrick Stewart. Funny yes. enough, kind yep. of a weird Star Trek connection. Yeah, there. really excellent movie. And that's kind of more of like a slasher horror deal, yes. which is different. But like. You know, just the fact that he's kind of moving into that genre and creating kind of this like punk character that he does. It's really cool. And I'm like, when I was watching it, I was like, this kid can do everything. Yeah, what he's able to do. I mean, he really had potential and and it is a great loss. But, but, you know, again, like crazy. Check it out. Watch it. Watch it for Tony. In here in this movie. Of those three main characters, because this is kind of the story. Like, we keep saying, like, this person didn't have a lot to do. This person didn't have a lot to do. This person yeah. didn't have a lot to do. Because this story is kind of split three ways. It's and, splits, and, yeah. It's and it's, uh, there's a John Connor story, a Marcus Wright story, uh-huh. and a Kyle Reese story. Yep. And they do bleed into each other. Like, Marcus yep. has spent some time with Kyle, then he spends some time with John, and John spends some time with Kyle. And, you know, they kind of bleed into each other's stories. Yep. But it is kind of like, we'll go here to see what John's doing. Here to see what Marcus is doing, and here to see what Kyle Reese is doing. Right. And it's an interesting idea. Right. But like, you know, when I'm at the Kyle Reese story, I'm I'm more intrigued. Like, I'm you know, they go back, invested. they cut back to Marcus Wright, and I'm like, no, 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 go, 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 And when, when, again, when Marcus is with Kyle, that's probably the be- best use of him. Because he's bringing out the better yeah, side in this movie, of him. and and he, uh, Anton Yelchin, is kind of you know again, even though he is younger, he is kind of able to bring out more of, out energy. of Sam Worthington yeah. because of his energy and because he's really he really understands and has studied this role. Yeah, and and you know it would be interesting to see if his performance was as good if he didn't have somebody like Michael Bean to watch off of. If the goal of this movie is to make this feel like this connects. He more than anybody feels connects like it. this connects because yeah. 
I watch this and go, yeah, that's that's my that's Kyle Reese in a couple of years. He, he kind of seemed like he was the uh, the only one who knew the movie he was in. Yeah, in a way, I think there's some issues with the other two we're gonna, we're about to talk about. Yeah. but I will say that he is absolutely the standout performance he captures that manic energy that michael bean has in the first one and yeah. it's like i mean it's like you're watching like a, a mirror image yeah just younger and you're like oh my god this kid's unbelievable yeah and he's he and he he does have honestly in my opinion probably the most compelling story out of all of yeah. them he has the best story he's always interesting to watch and it's a shame because it feels like he's not on screen that much um, of the three he the has three, the least he yes. has the least because apparently a lot of screen time went to somebody else in this movie uh who we're gonna get to but <laughs> biggest uh, action star of 2009. <laughs> Me? No, not you, Arnold. But he's really good. He's really, really good. And I just, uh, yeah, I loved his performance. It was excellent. Yeah, and again, how he, they use him with star, you know, everything. Like, it's great. It, it's it, just great. That relationship is really it's great. It's really great. And I just really enjoyed it. It almost made me wish that there was a second movie in this trilogy. Because I was want to see like, more I would love to see more Anton Yelchin in this movie. But we get lucky and get him in Star Trek. And we get to see him in three movies there. So yep. it works out. You want to go to uh, 2009? You want to... <laughs> Let's travel back to 2009. Let's talk about... um. Sam Worthington as Marcus Wright. Boy, oh boy. So, Sam Worthington. Yeah. We, we keep referencing Big 2009. He, he, Huge. He, he is the, uh, basically the lead actor he, in this movie. I was gonna, and he basically has the biggest 2009 of anybody. Uh, yeah, I'd have to check that. But yeah, this and then... And then Avatar? And he's on. an Avatar, and obviously that is the biggest movie of all time. I think it's a pretty solid year for him. So, even though they re-released it to make that extra bit of money. So, it's a little bit cheating, but you know, it's whatever. But It's a big year for Sam Worthington. It is, it is. You a know, big year for Sam Worthington. take that away from The him. lead in both of those movies. You Even know? though Christian Bale is billed first yes. in this movie, yes. I would argue that this is a Sam Worthington it movie. Is, it is. It, it is. is. He, Marcus is he the main the character of this movie, yes. Why don't you start? Here's the thing about Sam Worthington. And... and, and <laughs> and a lot of people have said this that you know he is kind of this like he's, a lot of his performances are kind of boring yeah. or stoic yep. he has trouble bringing out some energy and some emotions he doesn't have and, a lot of charisma no at least in the roles that he's been doing I yeah. have heard I have not seen I have heard that in recent years, you know, that he has really found... He's coming into his own. The, the roles that he needs. And I think the biggest problem is, and, and we've talked about this, and we've talked about this for a very long yes. time, yes. for years, and, and, and have mentioned Sam Worthington, mm-hmm. that every now and then, Hollywood goes through these phases... <laughs> there is a guy. ...where they pick the guy. If somebody in Hollywood points at an actor, an up-and-coming actor, and says... This is the guy. Yes. You are going to be the next bigger star. You are going to be the next, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're going to be the next... Dwayne uh, Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Like, you are going to be the star, and we're going to build and, you up. And when this happens, when they get picked, these actors start popping up in about every big movie yes. you could imagine. Yeah, and I think, that I like I said to you... And we're going to name a couple others that yeah. you're going to go, oh, yeah, they're right. I, I think... Because this is a great theory. I love this theory. I think have. the big thing with that is, is and I don't, again... Is there is there some mythical Mr. Hollywood that's doing this? No. But Mr. what Hollywood. it is 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 somebody gets discovered in a big movie, right? Like Sam Worthington gets Avatar. He probably lucks into Avatar. Like he like, you know, for whatever reason, sure. James Cameron felt like he was the appropriate choice yeah. for Avatar. Yeah. So he's picked for Avatar. Hey, James Cameron is working on this big 
groundbreaking movie that's going to have all these special effects yeah. and he just casted this you know kind of unknown or Fairly not really unknown. not really famous actor like yeah. he had done some stuff yeah but he wasn't a big name but this was going to change his to, career. to be in this movie yeah. everybody else everybody else and all the other production companies and studios are looking at this and going well if james cameron's saying he's going to be the next big guy yep. Yep. let's tap him so let's sign him on for let's sign him on for terminator and again we'll get to it in fun facts there is a reason why he's in this movie uh we'll talk about it but you know and then he gets clash of the titans which leads to the wrath of the titans or he gets you know whatever like he signs on to these yep. franchise movies or you know these big budget blockbusters mm-hmm. supposed to be blockbuster movies mm-hmm. So he's popping up, you know, everywhere. And for a while, it was kind of like Sam Worthington. Like, you could not kind of get away from this guy. Yeah, like he was always popping he up. He was always popping up. And, you know, which is great for him. I have no problem it's with great. the guy. So, it, no, to be very clear. It's not that we have a problem with the person. For me, it's just the the machine of Hollywood kind of shoving this actor down our throats yeah. and going, this is your guy, this is your guy, yeah. this is your guy. And audiences aren't responding to it and going, he's not, though. He's yeah. just, he's not that guy yeah. and they continually do it. it the problem is is that so, a lot of times and i have an example we'll talk about in a minute that does it to the detriment of the career of the actor right he they kept trying to cast him in these big movies i don't think he's a he's you know not that he couldn't to be in a franchise or be in an action movie or a blockbuster sure but maybe he's not the leading role. Maybe right. he's more of a supporting. Maybe he's a smaller role, or maybe he's a good lead in, in a drama, yep. or or you know, a romantic comedy, or mm-hmm. or maybe an indie film. Like he's not a blockbuster yeah, guy. Yeah, give him something that allows him to really show off his chops. Right. But like in a franchise that is known to have charismatic actors, Arnold right. Schwarzenegger is super charismatic. Yep. But even Robert Patrick, like he is stoic in his role. But you are there's something about him that's like. You're drawn. To You're him. drawn to him. Yeah. He's he's electrifying to look at, right? Because he just has like this magnitude about yes. him, like you know. So like in a franchise that has these Linda Hamilton and Edward Furlong, yes. like Michael Bean, you are drawn to, to these characters. Yeah. And this is an actor who's in here, and no offense to him, but he is boring in this role, and he's Very. uninteresting, and he's not able to really get to the emotional point he needs to get to. He's not really able to deliver on the scenes. And I think a lot of that might fall on the script. A lot of that might fall on McGee. But, you know, there's just something... There's something there that doesn't click. There's something off about it. And I think it's partially the writing and the acting because he has the most screen time of anybody in this movie. And I feel like if you have the most screen time, there has to be a moment where you really get to shine and i don't just don't think he really gets that yeah. i think he's incredibly boring through this movie he's a slog to watch every time he came on screen i was like are they back to sam worthington again like they keep going yeah. back to yep. him yep. and you're like what is with this character like why are they so interested in this character yeah. i think there are moments of major major overacting on his part absolutely yeah, um, absolutely like just this random like he'll come out and he just starts screaming and yelling and wah, wah, and you're just watching it you're going it's it's cringe inducing really because you're like yeah. this is hard to watch because yep. you can tell he's really you can see him acting and yep. that's not what you want but, out of somebody that you think is a that hollywood thought was a movie star besides the opening scene of this movie his introduction into this movie or his reintroduction to this movie it's like a shawshank it, he walks ripoff. out of nowhere <laughs> literally like like john connor's in you know in like a in like a skynet yep. camp or whatever yeah they're destroying it and john connor leaves and then marcus walks out of nowhere completely naked covered in mud and he just like 
falls to the ground and screams. Like, you said, like, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, like, it's raining, and he's like, Aah! And it's like, what? I was, I literally was like, <laughs> what is that? You're going, what's going on here? And, you know, it's it's a really hard watch But that's him. that's what I mean, is I think that is on the writing in McGee, because you need to look at that and go, yeah, that doesn't look good. Like, well, you need, yeah, we need the, to fix that's, that. That's on his directing. He yeah. should have seen that and gone yeah no that's not gonna work that's we, need another, we need another take well, we need to change this scene because this is stupid it almost it almost <laughs> it almost looked like they did like one take and then you went okay yeah he got it he got there yeah and i think this also because again we're being very hard on sam worthington and i think rightfully so but also i think some blame needs to be shifted to mcg absolutely for not recognizing that his actor wasn't getting there. Something's not working. And that something's not working. It maybe speaks to his talents as a director and not really his talents, but like maybe his weak spots as a director where he can't recognize that that's not a good scene and then puts it in his movie and going, it's great. It's great. Look at it. And then when audiences watch it, we all cringe and go, what are you thinking? You know? And mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's really unfortunate because, you know, I feel like there's an argument that can be made that maybe Sam Worthington did get the short end of the stink stick on this. I find it hard it, to argue that because I do think he is just really boring in this movie. I, I don't uh, think that the blame is 100% on him. No, no, no. He, it's not. He it's, should have maybe seen and, or felt that maybe this isn't working. And I think a better actor at, at the time, because again... What I heard, I don't know where it is, but I've heard that he's doing some great stuff, and that's awesome. So, well, I think you were saying like he's kind of shifted. Maybe kind of into television I, I looked at television, and, and he's pumped up. But like he, you know, I was looking for maybe he was like the lead actor in something, right. and, he, and I think he led something. But he, I, he's had a couple things like again, not huge projects, but to show off his skills and right, his talents. Right. So he's we, still working. We we might end up seeing maybe like a comeback for Sam Worthington in a few years if he yeah. if he happens if, to really if, find well, that voice. If, if that he works. wants to do that, I don't think. He I think he's probably burned from these yeah. projects. And you know what? To be honest, what he probably did and what a lot of actors do is he did Salvation. He's doing all... Well, first off, he's doing all the he Avatar is doing movies. All the, that's so true. we're going to be talking about him. He's doing all the Avatar yeah, movies true. unless they kill off and Jake that, Sully in the second movie. No, and, that, and that's but, paychecks for him. I know. I mean, he's so, set for well, That's what I'm saying. He's doing Terminator. He did Terminator, yeah. Avatar, and the two Titans movies. Right. right? Clash of Titans and Wrath of Titans. And he probably made bank on all of those. And now he's like... I don't have to do any of that. Right. And he's been sitting in a water tank with James Cameron for 10 years. So, you know, <laughs> he's getting, you know, he's getting paid to do that. So, right. I, I don't blame him. But do you want to talk about some of the other Hollywood guys? Or do you want to talk about that later? I guess we could touch on it later, I suppose. Where do you, where do you think it fits? Do you think um, it fits here? Do you think we should? We'll just hit him real quick because we don't have a lot quick. to say. But so like, I, I want to say one name quick because yeah. I, I love saying the name. And people are going to be blown away. This is our theory. The guy. These are the guys that yeah. Hollywood I, I have shows one and down you have one, right? Here's one of them. I hope people just go crazy and go, oh my God, they're right. Ready? Jai Courtney. (laughs) Do you know who Jai Courtney is, Ryan? I do know who Jai Courtney is. This is a man who has popped up in Die Hard. Mm-hmm. He's popped up in the Divergent series. Yep. He's popped up in the Suicide Squad movies. And guess what else he's popped up in? Terminator Genesis. Terminator Genesis. <laughs> this is a guy who is all over different franchises. He keeps popping up here, there. And there's a bit of a common theme with these movies that he's kind of in the movies that don't work. He's in a lot of the yeah, movies. And, in- and, and so I know The Suicide Squad, James Gunn, he's really good in that. And in the original Suicide Squad, David Ayers, he is one of the better parts. Yes, he is, yeah. For sure. But arguably that 
Ayer movie is not very good. Overall. No, 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 it's not. And a that's good movie. what I mean. But even in Die Hard, it's just kind of a. I, I actually think it's a bad performance and a bad movie. And then you know, Divergent, and then we're gonna talk about him next week when we do Genesis. Yep. He's kind of just one of these guys, and but yep. that's one of them for me. The other one that I think, is, and this was one that that has worked. Uh huh. But we are seeing big backlash on him now. Yeah. And it's Chris Pratt. It's absolutely it, Chris it Pratt. It is, you know, he he got Guardians and that yep. led to Jurassic World, which led to yep. like movies like Passenger. Yep. They were talking about him being the next Indiana Jones at one point. Like, yeah, you know, he was he was set to replace They were talking about doing like uh, like a half present half which yep. it, it, ironically they are basically doing but, but they're just harrison using ford. harrison ford DH technology but, baby. but they, they were gonna have chris pratt play like a yep. young harrison ford or indiana jones like this is a guy you so, can't get away from either yeah and, and i mean even recently with like the tomorrow war yeah i don't know if you heard they're making more yeah chris pratt is one of those guys that just keeps popping up and we're gonna talk about him one day too yep. but i think i agree he's kind of like the modern day the guy where yep. they're shoving him down our throats yep. And I got to be honest with you, most of the time, outside of Guardians, I haven't really enjoyed him that as yeah. much. Like, I kind of yeah. feel like he's a little bland in the Jurassic World stuff. And it, it kind of just feels like a rehash of his Guardians character. Yeah. He's just doing that thing. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And they're going to make more Tomorrow War movies. And I literally think my, my working theory is the reason he's doing Tomorrow War is because Jurassic World is ending and because Guardians is ending. Yeah. And he needs a new franchise. Yeah. And he can't function yeah. outside of doing franchises. So and he I, needs I, that thing. I know he's getting a lot of backlash for like a lot of personal stuff. Uh, again, I don't, I don't really feel like covering that on here. And, and, and this isn't even about him, but you it's know. just the theory of yeah, he's exactly. The but guy but, right but be, look, I mean, he's he's Mario in the Mario movie. He's Garfield in the Garfield movie. He got two big voice roles. Yeah, like back to back, like why? out of nowhere. So why? within like weeks of each other, they announced yeah. that. And so it's, it's like, why is he in these movies? When they announced the Garfield, I think I thought it was a joke. I thought it was, <laughs> it was a parody of the Mario. Mario. I'm like, no, he's really. I Garfield. literally thought it was a joke, and I was like, no. That's not true. Yeah. But, you know... It, I would it, have rather Bill Murray come back. It, I think it's fine that we bring those guys up because Jai Courtney in Genesis, and we'll yep. talk about him next week, Chris Pratt, the son-in-law of Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yep. the Terminator himself. Is, so it, 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 it's to, appropriate yep. that we talk about this. Yeah. So let's go to... Yeah, let's move on. The the actual top build actor in this movie, yep. but not the lead of this not film. Not the lead. Uh, we have Christian Bale. Christian Bale as Jesus Christ. I mean, oh. I mean, I mean, John John Connor. So John, I, I I'm I, sorry. I will, I will quickly say just off the record. I know I've uh, I've been on this podcast a couple times saying that I really love him as an actor, and I do. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I really do. I will say this is not his strongest work. No, I think that he's good in the movie. I think that he brings. He's not the worst. No. But he's not the best. I no 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 no. He's not Dark Knight level. He's not Four vs. Ferrari level. Yep, he's not American Psycho level. No no. <laughs> Any of his other you know great performances. Yeah. I think he's good. I think I think he he does what they want him to do. Uh-huh. He does kind of feel like he is kind of like especially because he's coming off a of Batman like like he's like so he's, used to it that he's, he's kind of sleepwalking a little bit through the role. He's kind of growling like. Well, Batman he too. he definitely has. Yeah, he he's has definitely in Batman. He's doing the Batman. Voice. Yeah. When he's doing the scene with uh, Marcus. And, and they're face to face, and I, I, where's Rachel? I, yeah, well, I was waiting for him to just like, <laughs> where's Rachel? Where's like, Rachel? That's no Rachel in this movie. But no, um, he is. 
fine. He, he he's, he's good. Just I think fine. no. I think he's I think he's pretty good. I think he does what he needs to do. I think he elevates the movie and and yeah. he gives the movie some credit. And then this movie would be looked Star at Ballard. even worse if it wasn't him. You know, I agree if, with that. It, like no offense, but if it was Nick Stahl back as John Connor, like like what are you doing? Like he, right. he doesn't have the intensity or the oh my god the gravitas you, to carry this movie. This movie would be so bad if Nick Stahl was put in. Could you imagine? And, and again, that's not against no, him. No, but no, it's no. Just... But it's because the writing is is already really poor. But I think because Bale is such a great actor, I think he has this kind of thing that he can elevate writing even if it's bad writing yeah. he has the thing that he can elevate it which other actors can't really do yeah. but he has that ability to elevate what he's saying it's a fine performance but it's by no means some of his best work I, I said earlier Anton Yelchin runs circles around Bale in this yeah. movie there's no doubt about it I mean which is weird to say because you would you feel like you're sitting here going oh Christian Bale is like best part of this movie he's not it's Anton Yelchin and yeah. I think Bale does what he can with what he has yeah. and does it to the best version that it can be. Does yeah. that make sense? Like no, I do. He's, like he's taking what he has written and he's bringing it to the absolute best level it can be. I think Bale half a role in this movie still elevates this film. I absolutely like, agree. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that he is, but you know, even you know, he seemed into it. But I don't know. He I don't seemed, know. No, I think you're right that he still kind of was in Batman mood. Um, like he was still kind of walking around, like he couldn't shake yeah, the role or I, something. I really don't think he wanted to do this movie. You know, you can tell a little bit in this movie. So, yeah, yeah. He, there's, there's. I think there's some regret there for him. And, yeah. You know, we'll talk about it in fun facts. Yeah. There's the little infamous thing that yeah. goes along with this. Yeah, movie. absolutely. 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 So I liked him. John Connor does feel a little underused. Majorly. And, you know, this movie and I, you know, we we had a conversation mm-hmm. yesterday uh, through text messages. <laughs> it got a little heated. Oh, well, it got but, heated. Yeah, but it was, um, you, know, you know, we, we move on. Well, you know, absolutely. Hey, all the love in the world for you, brother. No, no hatred here, you know, but. Uh, I love you, Ryan. <laughs> we, I can't do Arnold. I'm not even going to try. Jim, I told Ryan I loved him. Do <laughs> you think he'll say it's back? Guys, can you believe we got Arnold Schwarzenegger to sit in on this podcast? You think he'll say it back? I hope he does. I love you, Arnold. Oh my God, he loves me. <laughs> Arnold, I'm going to say hi to the franchise me crew. Hello, franchise me. You know, you have gone on record multiple times yes. in this podcast yes. uh, attacking a, a certain na- man named uh, Vin Diesel. I have. And his character, Dom Toretto. I have. For, for being a Christ-like figure. Yeah. And I, I know it's it's obvious. I know, you know, it is set up. But, you know, I did text you and I was like, man, John Connor is the prophesized leader of the human race. Uh-huh. The, the one person who can bring balance to the world and stop this war. And he has collected a small gathering of <laughs> people who follow and listen to him and look at him as a leader, but he's also gathered a large group of people who believe he's a false prophet and want to take him down. Right. And I text him like, it's another Jesus allegory, yes. baby. We are back. Yeah. I thought we were done with the Jesus yep. stuff when we left Fast and Furious, but man, we it's are back. back. I know from, the, like you said, from the beginning, it is kind of set up. I mean, look, look his freaking initials are JC. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that was an accident. Yeah, I don't think so Even the way he is born is essentially (laughs) immaculate conception. Yes. You know, like, it's not really, but his father is in the future that he sends back. So essentially, he is creating himself. He is sending his father to the past to impregnate his mother. The reason why he is born 
is because of him. There's a lot of religious undertones. Really? I mean, like you said, the the movie is called Salvation. Salvation. It's literally called Salvation. So I understand. And, and they are there in the other movies. But man, in this movie, is it in your face. I mean, yeah. they literally open with uh, John Connor was prophesied to lead humanity. There are people who, you know, he has a following. There are people who do not believe him. Like, they think he's a false prophet. Yeah, they think he's a false prophet or, you know, whatever. It's like, man, am I watching uh, The Passion of the Christ? Like, what's going on? You know? They're taking a chapter from the Bible, bro. You know? It it is. Uh, I do feel like it's my uh, job to mention this because... You hammered Dom Toretto <laughs> so much for the yes. Jesus thing. And we yes. kind of got into a debate over who's more of the Jesus Christ figure, Dom Toretto or John Connor. Yeah. And my argument was Dom Toretto is Christ-like. John Connor is literally Jesus Christ. Sure. And you were very much like, it's one movie. It's in your face. They've put the Toretto thing in over like six movies. Yeah, it's over six movies. That's my argument. That's over six movies. And my argument as well was that the movie is literally called Salvation. What were you expecting? But I think with Vin Diesel, it is, it's over six movies. And they literally like, he is Christ. There's nothing, if the, if it's one movie where they're in your face with Christ and all the Christ allegories, whatever, I can handle it. But when I have to go into six separate movies and watch this man be literally Jesus Christ. It drives me crazy. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I mean, we can go back and listen to this podcast. I got more frustrated each week <laughs> and because no. I was like, this is driving me crazy. But like, this wasn't as bad to me because I was like, it's only one movie. I know next week we're not going to have to deal with that. John Connor's not on screen enough to really make it a big deal. I for think, me. I think in this movie, this this one movie. Uh-huh. Okay, you take this one movie and compare the analogies and the use of it, the representation, the uh-huh. symbolism to any one. Fast and Furious movie. Okay. And I think this is worse. Like, I think this this uses it worse. It's it's more in your face than any one movie. But like you said... The is, fate of the Furious? I, I would even put it over that. I would. Really? I really would. They literally pray for Dom Toretto does, in that I, movie. I, I re- and yeah. he flies yeah, over. Yeah, and they literally... They, he literally has Jesus moments. One, huh. He has a... The ending of this movie is John Connor sacrificing himself uh-huh. for the human race until one of his followers... He has a group... Literally a group of followers staring at him and watching him die uh-huh. as he lays down. And one of his followers gives his heart to John Connor so he can live. And I know that that's a, you know taking away yeah. from uh, you know the actual analogy, but still. And hey, maybe there's a deleted or, or an alternate take uh, uh, ending of this movie that that fits that a little bit more. So is there an alternate ending? There's an alternate. Oh, we're gonna get to it. But it is very aggressive in this movie. Yes. And I I would say. That you take any one Fast and Furious movie, and I think this is this handles it worse, or it's more in your you know face, what? and it's more aggressive. You know what? But I'll give you that. I understand your reasoning that it is over multiple movies. Okay, and yes, you're right. Do they set this up from the very beginning? They do, right? Mm-hmm. But it's so like well done. And not in your face that we haven't noticed it. It's been happening under nose, and, and we haven't really, right, right. you know, pointed it out, or it hasn't been, it hasn't hit me over the head. And this felt like Christian Bale was sitting next to me on the couch, going, "Hey, hey, you know, like, like, did you see that? You know, I'm, I'm Jesus, I'm Jesus. You know, I'm Jesus Christ." <laughs> And it's like, okay, uh, okay, I I get it. All right, right, Christian. That is my (laughs) argument. I may, I don't know if it will be on Twitter. We don't really have any Twitter followers, probably not on Twitter. (laughs) But I'm going to try to find a way to get a poll out 
And I think we are going to have to do a poll. So we're there is a fan base. If there is anybody, and, and a, look, we have a very There's small no fan, fan base. base. <laughs> you know, if you are listening to this and, and there is a poll, I don't know if it'll be attached to the episode or somewhere. Maybe we can put a link somewhere. Yeah. Who do you think is more of a Jesus Christ figure, John Connor or Dom Toretto? We need to get Tony's opinion on this too. I'm going to fill Tony we in. Got, we got to get Tony's opinion yeah. on yeah. this because I'm curious what he thinks. I have a feeling he'll be ta- team Team Toretto, but but we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll I, see. I, 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 I have faith in you, Tony. <laughs> but no i just i wanted to point the nail and I, for once it's, i wanted to go on the jesus rant <laughs> and not you yes so it's a, it's, it's a great rant and i accept the argument all right let's see if we can get to this pretty quickly as a budget of 200 million dollars big one this is the most expensive of these movies so far yeah. box office 371.4 million dollars you see it's starting, starting to drop a little bit oh boy we're, we're, we're seeing that that just made money back. I yeah. mean, that's like... And if you put in, you know, a promotion, might not even made money back. Yeah, so. that's really, really bad. Yeah. Um, 200 mil, and only three... God. Yeah, yep. it's starting to kind of go down. Yes, Looks it like, is. Uh, the salmons are uh, swimming in the shallow end a little <laughs> little too close to the shore. We have a Rotten Tomatoes score. Critics gave this uh, Rotten at 33%. Makes sense. Uh, and and an audience score of uh, Rotten at 54%. Yeah, so. nobody liked this. <laughs> The audience liked them more than the critics, but yeah. It, I mean, it's, barely. It's funny because, and maybe this is something we can explore in the retrospective uh-huh. episode. If you look at each of the movies that come out after T2, there's like a group in the fan base. And it's like, T3 is the best of the sequels besides T2. Okay. T- Salvation is actually the best and the rest is crap, you know. Sure. Everybody agrees Genesis is apparently terrible. Yeah, But okay. then, then, oh, Dark Fate is the best and the rest is crap. Right, so, right. like, everybody's picking a different movie. Except for Genesis, you know, where we get yeah, out Yeah, we of don't here. care about that. But, but, uh, which is why I'm so excited to I watch it. I can't wait it. to watch it. But, yeah. Jai Courtney, baby. Jai Courtney. <laughs> But yeah, um, it is funny that, you know, they, they all pick this. So there is a group of people who think that this is the superior, besides two, the superior Terminator sequel and and, and well done. So, right. so let's do a little bit of a synopsis. This was really hard because it does have the three main characters. Three so separate. Like, how yeah. do I do that? So I did the best I could. Okay. So set in 2018, Skyna has waged war against the human race. The fate of the world lies in a group of resistance soldiers, including John Connor, the long prophesied leader of the resistance and humanity's only hope. When John discovers that not only has he been targeted by Skynet, but so has Kyle Reese, his father, who he will eventually sent back in time to protect his mother, confusing, John must try <laughs> to find Kyle and keep him protected. When Marcus Wright, a murderer on death row who donated his body to Cyberdyne Industries in 2003, wakes up in 2018, Marcus must discover the truth behind his existence while siding with the resistance. John, Kyle, and Marcus all must face their destiny in order to bring an end to the war and deliver salvation to mankind. How about that? Wow. That's a great synopsis. It's very complicated. Yeah, that's very convoluted. Um, You know, we kind of hit on it a little bit. We can talk about it real quick and then go into our opinions. (laughs) The story is all over the place. It's a mess. It's not really split evenly between the three. No. It focuses a lot on Marcus. Again, yeah. that's not that is probably the least interesting of the three stories. Yep. This is a movie where we're finally seeing John Connor in the future war. Yep. And he's not even the main focus of the movie. He's, and he's not even he's a soldier in the resistance. He's just a soldier in the resistance. It from what you have said, it seems like they were the promotion was they were promising that yeah. this was the John Connor that we all wanted. Not, not that they promised that, but but for three movies we've heard in the future war John Connor is this leader. In the future war John Connor is so right, important. Right, in the future right. war John Connor does all this, and we get to the future war. And if this is the guy who has known about this since he was literally born, why wouldn't he just on almost automatically become a leader? Right. There wouldn't be no general 
Ashton or whatever his name is, right? Yelling like, at him from a submarine. Exactly. Like, right. he would be, like, almost by far in charge. He inspires, he is the one who inspires the resistance. And, and the problem with this is the story is so, so convoluted. It's messy. It's split three ways. Marcus is the least interesting of the three, and that's who they focus on the most. But I, I always, my feeling on why this John Connor thing just didn't work out this movie and wasn't like he wasn't the leader of this resistance we were all hoping for is because they wanted two more movies out of this. Yeah. Out of well, this that's, alone. Well, that's the problem because, you know, you're, you're trying to set it up like yep. it's going to be this thing yep. and it's not. But, you know, the, the most compelling story is obviously Kyle Reese. Yep. That's the best story in this movie. Everything else kind of sucks. All the other characters, I, the characters around them are pretty boring. They obviously intersect at times. And the only reason it's better is because Kyle Reese or Anton Yelchin really is, is elevating their performance. I still think, I think... Not all of it, but I think some of the John Connor stuff is 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 good. I li- I like I was more of it is. invested in the John Connor storyline way more than I was invested in the Marcus storyline. So we made very and- clear the Marcus storyline sucks. That's what I want. <laughs> that to say. is the one that sucks. I would not say the John Connor storyline sucks. I think that there are some weird choices that they make, specifically with his role in the Resistance. I liked the scene where, like, you know, he's learning about the uh, the, the list of people, and you're number two. Well, who's number one? Some civilian named Con- uh, Kyle Reese, and nobody knows who Kyle Reese. Is, except him except for him yeah. and he's like oh crap he's like I have to go get like, him and that shows that Skynet has now realized what is going yeah. to happen yeah so that's yeah. that's scary now he's got to find him and, and that, that, I, I really liked that aspect I like that scene. It. I also really enjoyed his. Uh, I enjoyed when he was listening to the messages, the little Linda Hamilton yeah. stuff. I thought that was really. It was just nice to hear Linda Hamilton and kind of seeing him like hunched over listening to the messages, yep. trying yep. to like because yep. he's trying to figure out. He's yep. like, well, what do I have to do? So um, so yeah, let's go into our opinions. Yeah, we always um, let's shift it. When I ranked this again, I, I told you this. I gave this movie a rating, but it wasn't locked in. It was right. hey, let's let's see if we can figure this out. I did give this three stars because I thought near the end of the movie. I thought near the okay. end of the movie it worked better but like like i said halfway through i was like i really don't know how i feel about this i can't tell if i hate this i can't tell if i i knew i didn't love it but i was like i can't tell if i hate this i can't tell if if it's okay i can't tell if i tolerate if i like Uh it uh i had no idea so i came to the conclusion that i did enjoy it by the end and so i did give it three stars i have a feeling it's going to drop after you know we have our conversation But, you know, it is an interesting concept with a disappointing final product. Yes. Right? Christian Bale brings the intensity, and Anton Yelchin feels spot on in the role of Kyle Reese. But the film overall is messy, and it's on balance. Yep. Too much focus on the Marcus character with a pretty underwhelming performance from Sam Worthington. Yes. I'm sorry, Sam Worthington. We're not trying to dunk on you. It's not good. It's It's not not good. good. It's It's just not good. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think there's anybody, maybe there's some people, but I think most people walk out of this movie and maybe say you know Sam Worthington's just not working in this movie and I mean and that's okay it's just it's not good and that's the way it is I and mean, I mean to, I guess we can talk about it real quick he is a, he is the, the, there's a twist in this movie yeah that he is a Terminator. he is a Terminator yes but he's a but he has a he's a heart. new type of Terminator which is really confusing because they haven't even got they're just getting the T-800 some yep but they managed to get this more super advanced, advanced. One up that literally has a heart and like a brain. Yeah, like I mean, he is essentially 
a human, human and with a beating heart, but he has Terminator parts in him. Yeah. He's not supposed to be necessarily a killer, but he's an infra- he's supposed to infiltrate areas that robots can't like kind of what they do with the t-800 he was meant to be a secret weapon so much that he truly believes that he's human that he's human and they put that in his mind on purpose so that like you know john connor will believe him that he doesn't know and everything like that to try and convince john connor to come to skynet to save kyle reese which is why they were looking for kyle reese and it all just backfires but isn't that so convoluted and everything to go through that and to do this whole thing where you know oh he's actually attorney and the thing was I could kind of see that twist coming. Like, I had a feeling... Something was wrong. I, I had a feeling... Because I was like, why are they focusing on this guy? I was like, there's there's got to be a reason. And I was like, if he's a Terminator... And when they kind of show him getting damaged... And, you know, they do the whole thing where Christian Bale's looking at him. You go, he's mm, a Terminator. Yeah. And which leads to another... my my The second really cringeworthy scene where he's hanging by the chains. And then he goes, he goes, you know, you're the Terminator. And he, like, removes the thing and he looks down and... No! Oh, and he's like throwing around. I'm like, well, even like, what is going on here? Common's doing like shooting practice on him, and he shoots him, and he just, no! yeah, and he's just screaming, and it, it, it's really, really tough to watch because it's not great acting and not great writing. It's such a frustrating watch because this is not what I wanted out of a John Connor movie. Yeah, you could have cut the Sam Worthington character Marcus entirely and just had John Connor and a Kyle Reese story. Yeah, and this would have blown me. Yeah, away. I don't know why they felt the need to put Marcus in here, and actually. Point. We'll get there. I think I is know. Is this why. a fun fact? I think it's in okay. the um I think it's, it's actually fact. it's it's the alternate ending. Okay. You're gonna hate it. I can't wait. But yeah, I I, 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 I just I feel like my feeling on it is if they had just done a, a Connor and uh Reese story and just focus and split the focus between yeah. two characters like that, but this move we probably will be sitting here going, This movie's great. They wanted a Terminator. Like yeah. they want like not just like they a robot. They, they wanted a Terminator in the movie. Right. And so they put a Terminator in the movie and they try to disguise it, even though literally the scene of him that you mentioned it, him chained up with John Connor is in the trailer. That's what they show? That's what they show. Him with the hole in his yes. stomach. With the, oh, oh my they God. show it. That's so stupid. Yeah. Why would you show that? So, I don't this know. Movie, the, you, you, you really are right. This franchise does not care about twists. I think that... I, I do want to say about Sam Worthington. I think he had some of the... Some... Some. Keyword. Of the quieter <laughs> moments. Sure. After he does that weird yelling moment... Yeah. When Common is shooting at him and then Blair comes in and, you know, to try to trick Common to leave and she shoots him and he kind of like he just has given up and he like looks down at it. like he doesn't scream he doesn't yeah. react he just kind of looks down at it. small tiny moment i think that, that is a that's a, a good moment okay you get how he's feeling you understand why he that he feels defeated that he right. feels confused and mm-hmm. angry mm-hmm. and betrayed mm-hmm. and i understand that in that moment because we're dunking on him so much mm. i wanted to point out at least one moment where i thought that no matter how tiny it is that he did a good job at right so cool. let's talk uniqueness. What stands out in this movie? I mean, Anton Yelchin's performance yep, yep. Uh, really stands out. I would I would even say even uh, Christian Bale's John Connor to me really stands uh, out. I do really like that. One thing that really upset me about this movie it doesn't really st- I guess it's a standout in a kind of negative way, but how we don't really get the war that we were promised either. I feel like you don't really get to see those Terminators marching through and then fight. Like you don't really get to see any yeah. of that, and, they and that's put a, a little upsetting. They put a lot more focus on like the other type of terminators which are which is interesting to see like you get the little like the worm one the and that was a cool one, yeah, looking it's cool but but, but it's like not... i want like where are the giant and i guess that 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 is kind of what they're making but like where are those robots 
They're marching, that are marching through out. and shooting yeah. people. There's walking, a couple. Like, like, I know, like, they, like, they, again, I watched that documentary or whatever, you know, making of whatever, and they mentioned, like, the T600s, T700s, like, that's yeah. what they are. You know, we do see them, like, the big ones, and they were trying to do kind of like what they ended up doing with the T800, but it's it's rubber skin. Right, right. So, like, you know, you see him and the skin is rubbing off, like, he's got a mask right. on. That's why they decided to go with the or, the organic skin or whatever. So, I don't know. It, Jeez. But I think the special effects and the makeup, for the most part, look pretty good yeah uh, I, I, I think uh again this this thing was really kind of bragging about a lot of the things they did were practical even like the assembly line of mm-hmm. the t-800s when we see in the end of the movie that is practical you know they actually got machines to do that and yeah. make it look like it everything looks good and looks right. real but for whatever reason like to me and i think you would kind of agree with it it's still like there's certain aspects that still kind of look like cheap and i don't know why yeah. they filmed on location they have mostly practical sets yep. and, and effects and i don't know why but it's still like it doesn't look as good as like t2 it, and i'm not trying to compare everything to t2 but no no it has a bit of like a like a gorilla feel does that make sense like you know gorilla like style gorilla feel style feel yeah. where like everything feels like you're it's in their faces yeah and maybe that's what it is maybe it, there's not a good good enough shots to show off the effects they're not or, showing off the effects they're not really showing off like landscapes it's a little weird like everything is very close to people's faces and close to things it does feel a little cheap it feels like a little cheaply made yeah i'm upset so, by that because the budget is too hundred million so it's maybe like, where did the money go maybe that's more on the directing and the cinematography than it is on the actual effects because sure. they're not showing off yeah the yeah. world the way that they should be or right whatever. right so i think it's fair but i also put you know the idea of john connor being a false prophet is interesting but it, they do feel like they do lean too much a little bit too much into the jesus allegory I, the, well the thing is i would have bought completely the false prophet thing because if we if we're led to believe that like oh he's a prophet and he's yeah. gonna be the leader i would believe that there is a group of people who definitely stand up and go no he's not a prophet I like, mean, absolutely I'm, we live in the most divisive time right absolutely. now absolutely so why wouldn't it be like that in the I future I truly believe that it's it just to me the way that they handle it felt the, like it was very slipping yes yeah yeah because like the people that are denying him are like you're not the savior right John Connor like you like, know the, think, the general John Connor you need to know your place and you need to get back in line like yeah you know, and I calm think, down I think, like, I think it's a really interesting idea that they could have kept in the movie but not that level of yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a false prophet like they should have just kept it as the small little yeah. part of the movie this dude's been fighting terminator since he was 10 years yeah. old back I, up i would totally believe that there are people who don't believe it yeah but like not to that level so uh does this bring anything new yeah yeah i suppose i think it brings a john connor story to the forefront yeah and like an actual wartime yeah we see the war we see well, the war, see some of the war yeah. we don't really but we get to see kind of a wartime john connor is what i'll say yeah. and we get to see a young kyle reese and kind of his origin really his mm-hmm. origin story mm-hmm. where he comes from like he was literally a kid you know on the run from these things he's done this his whole life yeah i guess we get a, a new terminator too and marcus mm-hmm. right yeah whatever that terminator is they hadn't even rolled out the t-800s and they're like here's a super advanced one that yeah. we were working on that's a secret weapon it's ridiculous it, it does it introduces the idea of a living terminator yeah oh, it's confusing there were some things with the machines and the terminators and i'm like i feel like that's like too advanced for what they would be at yeah. the time especially if t-800 hasn't rolled out and, yet and kyle reese it feels like should have been mentioning some of this stuff to sarah connor in the first movie yeah hey there was a living terminator at one point they could send that back <laughs> like, like they could make another one they you know, could like, make another one but like it's so strange it's so weird that they put that in there but again it just felt like maybe uh i don't know the writers and maybe mcg were just taking some liberties i think they were having too much fun with like it. i think they were having if they too wanted much fun to do that, that sit it far 
farther in the future. Well, that's what we keep saying. If they had just said it at a time when John Connor was already leader of the resistance, they could have pulled that off. But the fact that it's early in the resistance, T-800 has not rolled out yet, and they're bringing in this highly but advanced Terminator? The, the way like... The way I always looked at it with John Connor is that he was always the leader. He didn't need to work his way up. The he was the resistance. You're right. He's been you're the right. resistance since he was a child. So you're saying that... You, like, so, okay, in, so, in my mind, he is the one who created the resistance and inspired the human race to go up. He didn't have to work his way up through a rank. In this... <laughs> Ryan looks so intense right now, everybody. In this movie, T-800 hasn't rolled out yet. Nope. And there's this highly advanced Terminator running around. But why? Uh, you know, that's the question. It's like, it doesn't make yeah, sense. Because know. what frustrates me is that they didn't care about the lore and the world building that James Cameron had already did. They wanted to make their own. They wanted to make their own. And they wanted to say, you know what? Screw that. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah. And that's the problem. If, the, if you can't, and I love when you say this, because you said this a lot about Justin Lin. If you can't, like, honor what came before. Yeah you're going to run into problems. Yeah. And that's what they do well, here. They could have just created a Terminator that was really dangerous and then trying to figure out how to actually beat them. But instead, they just kind of go this whole route of there's a living Terminator. And you're like, you're taking but, liberties and you're doing whatever you want. The, the problem is this. It feels okay. like Hobbs and Shaw all over again. <laughs> I don't think it... No, I don't no, think, no, no. I, it's this not, is not it's as... It's not Hobbs and no, Shaw. No, it's not... No. This is not as ridiculous of a stretch. Like, right, hey, right. there's certain things that like... Maybe you shouldn't mention. Maybe you should have mentioned that. Like you know, you don't think the Congress would be like, and you think that Terminator is bad. I once got picked up by a fifty-foot giant Terminator robot, and right. he took me to a basically. And you don't mention that. Yeah, what do you, he took me to a robot prison. Like what do you? Like, what? You don't mention that. Like you're. It's it's so ridiculous. So I watched this documentary or this making of on the on right. the Blu-ray, and they said like, oh yeah, we're honoring you know the the previous uh -huh. movies, and you know, and we're giving homages, and and we're doing all this stuff, but it's really kind of you know a new beginning. They think that they're starting this new story yeah but they also think that homaging and honoring the franchise like you said mm -hmm. justin lynn honored this franchise by incorporating elements and and plot devices and character traits that even if he didn't agree with it that came before right to keep everything consistent right they think that honoring the franchise is Kyle Reese tackling Marcus Wright and saying, come with me if you want to live. Like, they think that that's honoring the franchise. Or they think that John Connor giving the identical speech to Blair Williams that was in the deleted scene of T2 about not calling the machine him, calling the machine it. Yep. They think that is honoring the franchise. And literally having it's, John Connor say, I'll be back. I'll be back. Like, that's like, like I'm okay with these little nods, but when half your movie is these little nods, I mean, yep. it's kind of a cool moment. But Marcus Wright shows Kyle Reese, like, they puts the strap on the gun. He does that. Kyle Reese shows does that in the first movie. Yep. So, like, they're showing how he learned to do yeah. that. Yeah. So, it's like, do we need that moment? I get including an I'll be back, right? Because everybody says it's, I'll be back, it's, it's right? The, it, it is the staple of the franchise. I, and every everybody says, in real life, I say I'll be back. Right? I could have, if that was the only line, I would have forgiven it. Yeah. You know, he says, come with me if you want to live. He can't say something, you can't honor it and be like, hey, if you want to live, you got to, you got, we got to go. You know what I mean? Like, right. in the third movie, instead of saying, come with me if you want to live, they pull up to get Kate Brewster and John Connor says something like, hey, if you want to live, we got to get out of here. Right. Like, that's a way of... It's an alternate Alternate line, line yep. and it's still honoring it. Like, that's way better than... Instead of just, just literally... Just quoting it. Or, like, again, like, these that, that little moment, like, you don't need that. Like, it is... It's too much time going, hey, hey, you remember that from the first oh, movie? Yeah, yeah. You remember that from the second movie? And even you know, even the third movie a little bit, yeah. kind of. And on that documentary, Christian Bale talks and goes, 
oh yeah, they're really honoring T one and T two and and T three and T three. Like he kind of throws that out real quick. T three and T three. It's really unfortunate because that that is their idea of what honoring a movie that's is. That's what it seems like. No, and that's a shame because they have it all wrong. Yeah. Like, honoring the movie means that you look at those movies and you go, if we're sending this before the T-800s have even rolled out, we need to write a story that correlates with that. Yeah. So it fits with the first movie. Where is Skynet techno- technology-wise? Where, where are they technology-wise? We can still write a really good story, but we need to honor the fact that this has to fit with the franchise it, it, because they took major liberties yeah. on the story. They had too much fun. It looked like they were writing those things in just because they wanted some big cool stuff going mm-hmm. on because they thought people would be like, oh, look, giant Terminator. How cool is that? And it's like, that's not what we want, though. Oh, I mean, I would have rather a story that was grounded with T-600s where they were fighting just a straight out war action movie where they're fighting T-600s and they're still figuring out how to beat them. And then at the end of the movie, you roll out the new model yep. and that's where things go oh wow this is really different yep. that's what they should have done the fact that they just said let's make a living breathing Terminator let's let's debut a 50 foot Terminator yep. let's debut a Terminator that throws people into concentration camps I mean and we're getting way off track and I apologize no 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 but, this, the, we, but we were so frustrated watching this that I think we need to the do the scene it. with the giant and I think they said they call them the home or something I forget what it's called they have names for all these different robots but they don't really say them in the, in the right. movie but they, uh, the, the giant 50 foot robot Terminator his job is to get prisoners and take them to a, a Skynet. I mean, it, and this is something that they could have explored to be more interesting. Like, they basically are, from what I understand, skinning these humans and yep. using their skin to create to the create living... The new Terminators. The new Terminators, yeah. to, yes. to send them back. Or send one of them back. That's, like, horrifying. And that is something that they should be exploring. But, like, they have that. And then, like, it felt like they're in a, like, in a room somewhere and, like, McGee or maybe the writers and, the, and they're talking, like, everybody involved, like, the, like behind the scenes... Mm-hmm executive producers and you know whatever and you know they're talking and it's like well what, what are you gonna bring new oh we got this giant terminator uh, oh cool that's cool and, and what does he do uh 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 he shoots motorcycles out of his legs and it's like <laughs> or it's, it's it's like hey what kind of toys can we make out of this well what if we made a giant terminator so everybody buys like the right the kids are buying the regular size terminators but then they got about a big one we can price it up and then Oh, we can. Oh, to make it even special, we can make one that shoots <laughs> motorcycles. Like it felt like a toy promotion, and I I know that that's in a lot of movies, but it straight up felt like like they made the toy. And then they and then said, the movie. "Let's let's put that in the movie." It also sounds like they like woke up that morning and said, "We have a Terminator Salvation pitch today." Yeah, a, a giant Terminator shoots rope, shoots motorcycles out of its legs, and he went, "Awesome!" Let's that go. was that was one of the scenes that like the second those motorcycles shine out, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm in the theater!" Yeah, I, like, oh, yeah. I remember that's this. It. I remember that's this. It. Yeah. And I was like, and I remember thinking, like, that's so cool. And I'm like, it is kind of cool, but it, it doesn't fit. Yeah, it doesn't fit. I know. So, Let's move on. I think thing. we need to do a back-to-back feature of Hobbs and Shaw and Terminator Salvation. No. <laughs> I will not be there with you while you um, do that. But, okay, we're not even done uniqueness. What is the best scene in this movie? Oh, my God. I didn't God, we're so off track. We'll get this Tell me quick. yours first, and then so I'll, I'll I wrote down that. a couple. Like I mentioned, Blair and Marcus escaping the resistance compound. John's Connor's speech inspiring the resistance uh-huh. to not launch their attack. Yeah. But I went with John Connor fighting the T-800 at Skynet. I'll take that. I'll take John Connor fighting the T-800. That whole ending was really good. I, I, I also want to point out, I also really liked in the beginning with the helicopter, the helicopter scene, mm-hmm. 
where he goes down. That's oh, we, a really cool yeah, shot yeah. where he kind of like he's in the helicopter. It goes down. That felt pretty real. The, yeah, yeah. And then the then the Terminator comes up, that half Terminator, yes. and he's trying to take it out. I, I thought that scene was really cool too. Okay, so you picked. It. I'm actually going to. I'll take the speech. I'm actually going to say I thought the speech. Yeah, I like speech, that speech. I thought he really. Uh, again, that's just the Christian Bale energy. That's why you he keep delivers Bale. Yep. He delivers it. He delivers it really well. So connectivity. How does this fit into the franchise? Well, it's apparently supposed to be the prequel to the Terminator, but it's the prequel I don't think sequel. It is. It's you the know? prequel sequel, but they obviously take too many liberties in that sense. But it is technically the prequel sequel mm-hmm. to everything. We get John Connor in the future. We get a young Kyle Reese. Yep. That's really it. Those are kind of the only connecting oh, factors. I said it, it highlights the future war. Oh, in T eight hundred, we get to see the T eight hundred. Highlights the future war that we that's been described and yeah. we've seen glimpses of. Although this does not feel like those same type of war. It doesn't live up to that it. same type of war. Uh, there's no Nick Stoll waving the flag um, <laughs> but the uh, the war feels so different than expected there are different terminators from anything we've seen it feels like kyle reese would have mentioned the time they escaped from a giant terminator trying to capture yeah him. or the worm like terminators or the helicopter like terminators or any of those like variations that. yeah you think he would like you said like- the literally the living term you think that's bad they had one with a heart <laughs> is this a worthy continuation of the franchise no. Yeah, not really, no. No, it's not. It's disappointing, really, is what I would uh, say. So so are you going to... What is your ra- rating, by the way? We never said your rating. Two and a half stars. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go down to two and a half stars. I think that's one. where it belongs. Yeah. Um, I, as I said last week with last episode, watching this movie made me think, oh, T3 is actually a better movie than I thought. And I think you said last episode, if you put both Salvation and T3 yes. in front of me and said, yeah. you have to watch one of these right now, I'm picking up T3 every time. Yep. It's more accessible. Yeah, I completely agree. There's so much more they could have done with this. We waited three movies to see this future war and for John Connor to be the savior of humanity. And he's just a random soldier in the resistance. And we kind of hinted at it. And I I, I told you this yesterday um, through a text message that basically, and this is a little spoiler for the uh, retrospective episode, that basically the plan plan was when they made this that they wanted to make this a trilogy the original yeah. plan was they are immediately they were planning and that's i think a big problem with this franchise and not just this franchise but a lot of franchises they right. get ahead of themselves and they start thinking we can do one but i'm thinking about two and three like yeah. you gotta make one good one you have first to make one good one and, and i i said i think that was part of the issue with this movie was yeah. maybe they got a little greedy on yeah. that front where well, they said we can solve that problem oh john connor's not the leader of the resistance well we can solve that problem in two and yep. three yep. you know but they act like this is the first movie in this series. There's three other movies, and the first one we did nothing but hear about how John Connor's great, how he's the savior, how he's his prophet, how he's whatever. Yep. The second one we see him as a child, and we see his potential and what he can do. And they grow him. And then, and in the third one, we do see him as an adult and him getting ready for that. We don't need him to continue to rise to the ranks. Yep. You can put him in charge, but because they're thinking not about this movie as the, they're not thinking about this as the fourth movie in the Terminator franchise. They're thinking about this as the first movie in the Salvation franchise. Yeah. yeah. The Terminator Salvation trilogy. Yeah. They got greedy, they got selfish, and it really hurt this movie. Yep. Before we do the future of the franchise. All right, let's get let's, to it. Let's do the casting and the fun facts. Let's get into it. If you were watching this movie sure. and near the beginning of the movie, John Connor's on his mission at like, you know, the Sky Skynet camp with his crew. And he, that's when he first discovers the, the humans and he mm-hmm. first discovers plans for T-800. And then, the, you know, the, the camp kind of gets attacked and everybody kind of dies. If you looked and you thought, hey, that guy, that dead body looks familiar. That kind of looks like Terry Crews. You would be right because Terry Crews... <laughs> 
was originally cast as Captain Jericho in this movie, but he was cut from the film. Hilarious. But he can still be seen as a dead body after the battle. That's so funny. So I, I saw him. I was like, because I thought maybe he's in the background. I'm like, nope, there he is. Right oh, there. Wow. There's That's Terry Crews. Yeah. Christian Bale was first offered the role of Marcus. Interesting. Better, more interesting character? Better, better story, maybe? Um... He would have elevated the role, for sure. And yeah, maybe he would have done it better. But I still don't agree with the story choices. But he probably would have elevated that role. Well, let's continue with this. But he became more interested in the role of John Connor. Uh-huh. The, the role of John Connor in this movie, because I don't think I have this written down, uh-huh. was actually in the original script relegated to like the last couple of scenes. John Connor was never meant to be a character in this movie. Oh. That's why this movie feels unbalanced. That's why it feels like all the attention's on Marcus Wright because this was a Marcus Wright movie. And I guess that is, a, in a way... I see. In a way, it's kind of what we were talking about. That is like the Cameron way of, he's in the movie, he's in the future, but we're still not, you know, because right. Cameron, we talking about Cameron didn't really have an interest in fleshing out John Connor as an adult. So right. We still don't need to do that. Right. But because Christian Bale is saying, oh, John Connor's interesting, they rewrote the script, right. expanded the role, now you got three made stories going on, right. and it kind of feels it feels sloppy, weird. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so, interesting. So that's why. Uh, but Bale will, would later state that he rejected the role three times before accepting it. Hilarious. He did not, he did not want to he do this He didn't want to do he it. He did not want to do this man. And mostly only took the role to prove people wrong who told him not to take it. So out of spite. Yeah, kind of. He took it out of spite yeah. and said, screw yep. him. Mick G is delusional because this is insane. Okay. Well, there's a name in here that is insane. Okay. And if he, if Mick G ever thought he was going <laughs> to get this guy, he needs, he needs help. For the role of Marcus, McGee apparently once expressed interest in... There's two names. One, Josh Brolin. Okay. And Daniel Day-Lewis. Get out of here. No. No. You would never get Daniel Day-Lewis to do something like this. Absolutely not. Don't you agree with me? If you really thought you were going to get Daniel He is delusional. He is (laughs) delusional. McGee, you're delusional. Daniel Day-Lewis. Get out of here. Come on, man. Do you even know, like, what point... Like, the point that Daniel Day-Lewis is in at this point in his career. Like, this guy's in the prime of his career. And you think he's going to just go, yeah, I'll do Terminator Salvation. And play Marcus Wright. And play Marcus Wright. Josh Brolin, I could believe. Yes. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And, and again, he's, the, he's great choice. Great choice. Great choice. He's, he's one of those actors that could do that role. But Daniel Day-Lewis? Come on. He would never do it. He doesn't even do franchises. I know. Why would you even think that? With Brolin... McGee, you're uh, delusional. Arnold, what do you think? McGee, you are delusional. You need help. Brolin apparently read a draft of the script, and he did talk with Bale, but eventually he passed because he didn't think it felt right. It sounds like Brolin read the script and went, this ain't good script. <laughs> and when he talked to Bale, Bale was probably like, yeah, I'm taking it out of spite. Um, went, okay, I won't pa- I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> Charlotte Gainsbourg was originally going to play the role of Kate Connor, but had to leave due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, Tilda Swinton was apparently set to play the role of Dr. Serena Kogan, but the part was eventually given to Helena Bonham Carter. I would have liked Tilda uh, Swinton. I think, yeah, she would have been great yeah, in that role, great. you know. Helena Bonham Carter did the film because her partner at the time, mm-hmm. Tim, Burton, Tim Burton, was a fan of Terminator. So that's <laughs> kind of why she did it. In a 2021 interview with MTV, Nick Stahl stated that he did not return for the fourth film because he was informed that John Connor in the film would be much older, in, like around his 50s. Right. 
uh, which he could not realistically play, and was apparent, and that was apparently true in the original script of the film. Right. But this was obviously changed with the casting of Christian Bale, who's only five years older than Nick Stone. Right. In a 2007 interview with MTV, Claire Dane said she was glad she made T3, but because she came on so last minute, I said this kind of last time, right. she felt kidnapped by the film production, and because of that, she did not have any interest in reprising the role in the future. You know what? Good for her. So I'm glad she didn't do it. And again, this is before this movie was made. Right, so right. let's talk about. Fun facts. Another one of these weeks. This is three weeks in a row, Andrew. I have a third category here. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah, I do. Wow. I do. Fantastic. We're going to talk about it. Let's we'll <laughs> see what that is. That's 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 a great category. So some fun facts. Uh, this is the film, and this isn't really fun, but this is the film <laughs> that Christian Bale was filming when he had his infamous outburst on the cinematographer Shane Hurlbert for constantly breaking his focus while filming a difficult yep. scene. Yep. So that is not sure which difficult scene it was. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I wonder. Was it, was it the speech? Maybe the speech. Was maybe the, the trying to deliver it, and he kind of kept walking in his eyesight. Maybe the um the scene with Worthington. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe but that. here's the thing about this, and maybe I'm wrong. And, I feel and, like this and, maybe gets. No, what were we gonna say? I was gonna say I think maybe it, it all gets a little blown out of proportion to a degree. He shouldn't. You should never. You should never speak, scream, and you should never speak to a human being the way he spoke to this human being. Yes. Okay. It was wrong. It was wrong. My view on this is, is a couple of things. One, Christian Bale is an intense actor. Very. We know this going in. He's a right? method guy. And somebody like Christopher Nolan, somebody like Anna McKay, somebody like James Mangold can, I feel like, could maybe manage the set a little bit better and know how to work with him. Sure. And also, I mean, Bale, you know, some of these movies are a little bit more, uh, you know, like James Mangold just worked with him in 2019, 2018, whatever. Right. So he's a little, he's matured, right? But yeah. but somebody like that could handle him and, and kind of keep him in check. Right. And I don't think McGee was the person to do that. Yeah, I, I think... I, I think you're right. I think you know when when your director's name is McG, there's probably a little bit of uh, unprofessional thing there already. Yeah. And I, again, this is a guy who has never worked with an actor as intense but, as Christian Bale. And he's only done. That's why I pointed out his filmography. He's only done yeah, these three he's only movies. Done three movies, and then he's in this film, and you're like, or he's directing this film. He's yeah. directing this film, and you're just like, he's working with Christian Bale. And I, I think you're right. I think maybe he just maybe that set was a little bit more unprofessional. Yeah. Than Ma- McGee should have stepped in and said to the cinematographer, this is not the time to do this. If you need it, we can take a break. If you need it, we can take a break. And, but and we you got to get the shot. Yeah, but and you got to, I don't care if this is out of focus, I don't care, whatever. He's doing his thing right now. We right. can't interrupt him. Right. Like, that's what Nolan probably would have done. That's what Mangle probably would have done. Right. That's what somebody who knows how to work with him would have done. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And again, these these experienced directors who can kind of keep him in check. Right. So that that's one. And two, this was a moment that... That was between two men. Right. Him and the cinematographer. Yeah. And everybody recorded it and released it and sent it to TMZ and on the internet. It was out like next day. Yeah. And that is disrespectful to Christian Bale, who is supposed to be on a safe set, you know, and and should be able to, whether he's right or wrong, should be able to express himself as long as nobody's getting hurt. And he, you know, he didn't hurt this guy. He didn't physically go after this guy. He he verbally really went after him. He did. And and again, he shouldn't have. Nobody, nobody, because Tony told me, you know, 
his opinions on this matter and that he basically said nobody should be talked to this way and and he wasn't mad at me for defending him. But right. He was like, "Yeah, you know, you're kind of defending him." I'm like, "Not even trying to defend him." But I think like, we need to see both sides of the story. Yeah, this cinematographer is trying to do his job, and uh, uh, a an really intense, intense actor. actor goes off on him. So I understand that, but like, I feel like Bale maybe got a bad rap for that. Like, maybe he's difficult to work with, whatever. But I he's haven't, not. I haven't heard that from anybody else. Yeah, from what I hear, he's very professional on these sets. He really gets into his roles, and I think maybe that moment was just kind of a bad moment for him that happened to get caught on camera unfortunately and again i don't think he's like that on every set i think from what i understand the cinematographer kind of was doing this multiple times yes this isn't a one this wasn't like this wasn't like this guy walked past him and then he went off it was like multiple times and i'm wondering if maybe things we didn't see like maybe bale said can you stop doing that for right now while i'm doing this and i'm wondering if this guy the cinematographer maybe just kind of went against his wishes yeah. and he finally just flew off Who the knows, handle. But- because there, there could be things we just don't know, you know? Like, yes, he should not have spoken him that way. I agree. But maybe we just don't know the whole story yeah. either. And it, it just happened to get filmed. It's fair to see both sides of this. Yeah. And I think yeah. we just need to dig a little deeper and say, McGee maybe should have stepped in more and not have let that go on. The for second as long that as it was did. happening, he should have stepped in he and said, in. We have to stop this. This is a set. This is done, you know? And I think a, a more professional. Director, yeah. and I, I, I'm not trying to say that McGee's not even professional, or whatever. But but at the time, I don't think. And no, again, no, no. we're going to get to no, this. Tony's going to be really upset when he hears <laughs> this. But I did, I, you know, I think he was out of his depth. I don't think he was ready for a movie like no, this, and wasn't. I don't think he was ready to work with somebody like Christian no, Bale. He was out and of he his wants depth. to work with somebody like Daniel Day yeah, Lewis. Could you imagine Daniel Day Lewis and Christian Bale on that set? Daniel Day Lewis. Also an intense actor. Like, are you out of your mind? Bale apologized to the guy, like, the next day. Yeah. They, they had mean, a private conversation yeah. where he spoke to him one-on-one and apologized to him. I want to understand, maybe they didn't, I don't know. I know he definitely apologized to the guy publicly. Yes. And he put out a public statement about it. But he did say, like, I wish people didn't record that. Like, that should have been a private moment. Yes. And, and that should have been handled between me and him. So, yes. I agree with, I do agree with him on that. I agree with him so, on that. And he apologized. So, you know, takes yeah. a man to do that. Let's move on. <laughs> According to Christian Bale, Jonathan Nolan was asked to rewrite the script and had a wonderful story for this script, but was not able to complete the rewrite because of the writer's strikes, and he was pulled away to do another job. So he remained uncredited for any work he had already done on the film. So he did do some work, apparently. This is Christopher Nolan's brother. Yes. He is the better writer of the two. (laughs) I just want to put that out there. Christopher Nolan, incredible director, terrible writer. I wouldn't say terrible. No, no, no. I wouldn't say terrible. Have you seen Tenet? Yes, we watched it. It's a bad movie. Jonathan Nolan brings the emotional aspect of things. Christopher Nolan doesn't really... More tight. Yeah. He doesn't have that. So anyway, that's really cool. Though. I think that Jonathan Nolan could have really helped this film. McGee met with James Cameron while he was filming Avatar to seek advice and insult into the mythology of his movies. And Cameron recommended his art director, Martin Lang, and Sam Worthington to McGee. He, he oh, was, yeah. He recommended. He recommended Sam Worthington because he had already. He kept, was. He, he was currently working him. with him. Yes. He, he James Cameron was filming Avatar. Avatar, gotcha. And and McGee went. To the Avatar set. Right, right. And met with Cameron. And then he said, hey, Sam over there. You yeah. You talk to him. But apparently, Sam Worthington was also recommended to McGee by Russell Crowe. Interesting. Is Sam Worthington Australian? I think he is. That might be it. Yeah. Russell Crowe's a big advocate for Australian yeah. actors. So, like I mentioned earlier, the original draft of the script <laughs> only featured John Connor in a minor role in the last few scenes, but was rewritten when Bale became interested in the role of John Connor. This film was intended to be the first of a trilogy of future war Terminator films that would have been directed by McGee. Oh. 
Oh, help me. God. Despite Kyle Reese telling Sarah Connor in the first film that they fought against the Terminators at night, we see the fight taking place during the day in the films. Interesting. Before the film came out, there... <laughs> Before the yeah. film came out, there is a supposed leak of the script with an ending completely different than the one we saw. But before the film, I think, was even shot. Right. A script for the movie came out or was leaked. Allegedly. Okay. So we don't know if it was a real script or whatever. McGee more or less confirmed that it was real. Oh. So... Like later, like right, later, right? I featured an alternate ending. Okay. That I don't. As far as I know, they did not film this. It just okay. wasn't the script. They rewrote it because oh, this is the thing I'm gonna hate. fans went nuts. This sucks. Right. This sucks. Okay. It's an interesting idea, but it, it's. I said that they were ballsy in Terminator Three. Yeah. This is even ballsier. Yeah. So. Okay. The ending featured in the leak supposedly showed John Connor dying. At the end of the film, and in order to fill his prophecy, Kate, Kyle, and the others decide to place John's face on Marcus's body. No. And Marcus continues to live no. as John no. Connor and fight against Skynet, making the face of the Resistance actually a Terminator. Do you know how much that would have f***ed things up? That's unbelievable. No, 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 no. That's a terrible idea. Right before the movie came out, uh huh. McGee discussed the leak and and this alternate ending and said that's only half of it. There's more. He said he said no 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 that, that's only half of it because what they originally wanted to do. Now here's a quote. Okay. Here's them going to be quoting McGee. McGee we, quote. I feel like it should be like, dude. You know, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. If dude, I, I don't McGee know how to quote, man. Uh, we had a jet black ending. Connor dies. We're in a room with all the people we care about. You take Connor's likeness, you put it on the living machine of Marcus, he sits up, now looking like Christian Bale, takes a gun, kills Kate, kills Kyle, kills Star, kills everybody, eyes flare red, snap, the end. No. No. (laughs) That's not good enough. (laughs) That's not good enough. No. And that's the end of the movie. And now the face of Skynet is John Connor. How is that a trilogy? I don't know. I you don't, don't know. do it. You don't do a trilogy. That is so stupid. They would have ruined, ruined the Terminator franchise if they did that. Do you realize that? I, do you know how badly that would have messed <laughs> things up if they were just like, oh yeah, let's just do this. That is truly not caring about what came before. That is dishonoring what came before in so many ways. No, no. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm so angry. You're going to like Genesis. You're not going to like Genesis. No, I know I'm not. I can't, I can't wait to get to it. <laughs> but do you think it'll be, do you think I'm going to have a lower rating than Salvation? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Maybe the only saving grace is the pure insanity that apparently this movie is. Okay. So. I like pure insanity. Uh, I, again, I've not seen it, but I'm just. No, I'm excited. I, I oh, man. Wow. But, uh, that is a wild ending, I though. can't believe it. I can't, I can't believe, believe that's it. what McG wanted to do. I don't Could know. I feel like this is him, like, with us. Like, I really, like, I don't know. Like, he's either with us or he is legitimately serious and is like, that's what I was going to do. And then I was going to direct two more movies. And then have Daniel Day-Lewis and in have the Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> in the role. And it was going to be equally bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. That's wild. So, I'm so glad they didn't do that. The only thing I can think of is maybe they wrote this script before they had the idea of doing a trilogy. That's the only thing that makes sense. And, oh, by the way, apparently uh, a lot of people read this script and they all said, you can't, you cannot do this. Like, like they read that ending. Literally, every, he got one, multiple opinions. One person said, said yes. that's the ending we need to do and almost refused to do anything but the ending. And that's Christian Bale. <laughs> 
I've been quoted on the show saying I love Christian Bale. That's a bad actor's choice, man. That's a bad choice. I trust his instincts quite often in movies, but it's clear to me he's not a writer. <laughs> and Bale more or less kind of like, he didn't straight up say, but he more or less kind of confirmed that. He that's said, insane. You know, you know. That's insane. So. so maybe Bale was just trying to stand by him though and go, hey, that sounds like really great, but that's, well, a, that's a bad ending. I don't know because... My third category I have here is Christian Bale and Nick G. Are they good pals? In the years following the release of the <laughs> film, Christian Bale stated he expressed concern to McGee about him taking over the directing role, a belief that was shared by the fan base okay. of, of the fan- Terminator. Bale reportedly told him, quote, nothing in your filmography suggests that you have what it takes to do this movie properly. Okay, I have respect for him again. I'm all over the place with this guy. Obviously, McGee was able to convince Bale to do the film, telling him that this would give him the chance to evolve as a director. Yeah. In 2014, Bale did an interview where he admitted that the film didn't work. Uh-huh. Hinting that it was McGee's fault and stating that he would never work with McGee again. Good for him. But did wish him well. So it's not like I hate you or... It's not like I hate you. He's like, but you're not a great director. But in 2018, Bale did another interview where he put the blame on the script. Yeah, it sounds like he's growing. So... Yeah, it sounds like maybe he's kind of all over the place. So it's not... I I think it's multiple things. I think it is the script and I think it is McGee. I think it's both. And I think maybe he's like, the screenplay sucks, but also McGee... I think he was right. His original instinct was right of he was not ready to do this. Not by any chance. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and oh no, man, it, it's it's a mess of a movie, yeah. and I'm, I you know it's funny to hear Christian Bale kind of regret the movie now and be like, it's not yeah. great. It's like I said, it's play, just it's McGee. I got the there idea. There's a lot not working. But I got movie. the idea that he didn't want to do it. You know? Yeah, I mean, when you turn down a role three times and then take it out of spite, I mean, what are you expecting, you know? Should there have been a sequel to this? Nope, I don't want to mm-hmm. see what comes after this. Uh, I said if the studio pushed through, they could have maybe fixed this with a sequel, but instead they got scared, delayed any sequels, and waited till they could bring back Arnold. But would you have wanted that? Not really. Okay. If they did it better, then yeah, of course. But uh, do I have faith that McGee's directing this movie? No, I I don't. And again, no offense to McGee. I'm sure he's done some good stuff. Right. We Are Marshall sounds good, and I've enjoyed what I saw of the Charlie's Angels films. Right. There's three of those because there's a reboot, so we'll do them at right. some point. So uh, what do you want to see in the future? Do you want this to well, just, do you want to just die, or do you... Uh, I, You know, I wanted the future war. Uh, I saw what that could be, and I didn't like it. So I'm going to be honest. If I wanted a future, I think this is where you kind of leave the Terminator franchise and just walk away from it. It's I think it dies or something. I mean, box office numbers are speak loud and clear to me. Yeah. It just made money. It may not have even made money back along with promotion. That to me is like, this is dead in the water. Yeah. So I, I think you just leave it. I don't even think yeah. you, uh, you don't even try to bring, one. you don't even try to bring Ar- Arnold back. No, I think you just leave it. And I say, I think you walk away from it and go, it's just not working anymore. Yeah. yeah I think, you know, you could, do a direct sequel to this but the momentum of the story has pretty much been deflated uh, I don't know where you take the story from here you've been in the past we've seen uh, the cat and mouse chase and now we've seen the future war so I, I literally wrote maybe this should have ended the franchise yeah so I'm not really sure. If they were to continue this for any reason, what franchise star would you add to this? Who do you think could maybe help this or elevate this? I mean, is there anybody you think? or I think if they were to continue it, I think you kind of maybe dip into the MCU pool and maybe you pull out a Chris Hemsworth or a Chris Evans. Well, so, yeah, so, I mean... To maybe, like, take on, like, uh, they, they, like a Terminator role of some sort. They were, you know... So this is just nine. So like, if you yeah. wait a couple years, they are they're establishing themselves so I'm, I'm in thinking, those characters. I'm thinking like 2012. 
Yeah, so the, the Avengers comes out. Yep. So maybe like maybe like 2013, I would t- do 2013 to capitalize off yeah. of the Avengers. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think they would be good. I don't know what story you tell or what characters you include, but if you are making another one, you should probably include Arnold. Absolutely. Uh, and I think, I don't care how you use him, put, Just Car- bring him in. put Carl Urban in this franchise. Ooh, great choice. He's a great, yeah. he fits in this world. He, he would, would He would really work. He would have made a good John Connor. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, so... Well, miscast. Uh, let's rank let's these films. Yeah, please. Uh, so let's start it. We now have four films. Yep. Let's go to four. Andrew, what is number four? Terminator Salvation. Oh, really? really? Oh, man. I don't know. Number three. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. <laughs> number two. The Terminator. And number one. Terminator 2, Judgment. Yeah, Day. I don't see that changing. It's not, it's not budging. It's not budging. So, two is not budging. Like I said, though, I'm staying open to Dark Fate. Yeah, Dark Fate could take the two or three spot. I think it could possibly take... I think it will beat three. It probably it will be will in the third three, spot. But I'm staying open to the possibility of beating the first one. We'll see. We'll see. Do you have any closing comments or anything you want to say about this? <sighs> I mean... Normally, I recommend people to watch these movies. Unlike Fast, this is a really messy franchise. Well, this- it's starting to get messy, and it's only going to get messier. They don't know where they're going. There's not really any connected stories here. They're taking a lot of liberties. This was a really frustrating watch. I really wouldn't waste my time with this. But again, like I'm not going to revisit this anytime soon. Once is enough for me. But if you're a diehard Terminator fan and you haven't seen this, I guess watch it. But you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> like I said to you earlier, again, off mic, we do have interactions off this microphone by the way we we talk yeah um we are good friends <laughs> good. Oh, don't do that i'm kidding don't kidding. do that i'm kidding very kidding. close friends very close very friends. Close 11 friends. years you said so long time i mean you used to bully me in fifth grade but you know it's oh, let's cut that let's cut that <laughs> he's a bully arnold he's a bully who that that andrew yeah no he's great <laughs> so um, good guy good guy <laughs> this is this is almost like the reverse Fast and Furious for us, yep. whereas like we started the Fast and Furious and we're like, yeah, it's, yeah. Good, it's good, it's good. Like we we were into it from the very beginning, but like, yeah, it's good. Two was ironically the worst one. Yep. And you know, the, hey, this is you know, it's good, it's good, and we get to five and we're going. I'm so in. I'm so yeah, in. I yeah. want nothing but this. I want five more of this these. Is all I want. I want. You know, this is so great. Like. And we consider, or I consider myself, and I, I know you do too, and we said this on the podcast a bunch of times, I am a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. If we stop doing this tomorrow, in a year or two, they release Fast and Furious, we're still seeing the next Fast and Furious. We're movie. there. I don't care if we're doing this show or have any obligations to see it, we're seeing it. Right. I, I'm a fan of the first two Terminator films, but I don't know if I'm a fan of this franchise. And not saying because, oh, these movies are bad, but just like, we are, like, as we progress through, two is the best movie, counterbalancing yeah. Fast and Furious. Yeah. But as we're going through, like, each time we're like, man, I'm like, I'm lo- I am losing interest. Like, I am excited for the next week because we are going to be watching Genesis and Dark Fate this upcoming week. And I am excited for that because three and Salvation, yeah. I looked at them like, these are going to be the hardest watches. These are going to be, you know, kind of like the slog films to get through. Yeah. And probably lower on that list. And Genesis, again, from what I've heard, it will is worse, is worse than both of those. And, and maybe the worst movie in this franchise. But yeah. because of the introduction of Arnold, because of the elements I am aware of, and just because I've heard that it is this crazy, wild, like, what are you even like doing ride? Right, right. In almost a twisted way, I'm excited to watch it. Even if I hate this movie, because it's just like, it's so bad. 
crazy right, right, right. that I have to see it. And Dark Fate is a movie that I've heard genuinely positive things about. Yeah, Cameron's attached uh, to it. Cameron is attached to it. Ham- Linda Hamilton's back. Arnold's uh, you know, back. Arnold's back. I don't know if Arnold's back in Genesis, but yeah, Arnold's yeah, yeah. back. It has more of a feel of the first two, and I and I think that we will be more in line and enjoy that. So yeah. maybe by the end of it, I can decide, but like, I don't think that we're going to walk out of this franchise genuinely being fans, fans of this franchise. I, I'm not right now. No, I'm not. And, I'm not right now. And I feel very like ambivalent. Again, it. if they make Terminator seven and we stop doing this podcast, I probably won't, probably won't see it. Or maybe I'll watch it on Hulu or prime video or wherever it ends up. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. I, it's, it's very much one of those things that I'm just kind of, I'm not invested in this one. I don't care for this franchise very much. I'm excited to get through the next two movies and to watch them, but I'm going to also be very happy when we're done with this one. You know, it's just, I don't have a connection with this one yeah. like I'm having with Fast, but also it's it's such a mess. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they clearly don't know what they want to do. They're writing all different kinds of stories. There's no looking back at the old movies I mean, and going, let's fix, you know, it's just, they it's a can't mess. Even, they can't even keep the studios. They like, can't even keep the studios. The rights are all, are all over the place. place. The rights are all over the place. It's attached to all these bankrupt studios. I mean, it's like, you know, like you were saying, on the blu-ray there's like six freaking studios attached yeah, to it yeah. and you're like and i do want to say that i did uh, say that apparently universal's on the blu-ray it's not universal oh, is not okay. credited on there uh for the retrospective episode i'm going to see if i can get all that information about the studios or whatever right, but right. who really cares who I mean, really cares matter. we're not gonna uh, but no i mean it's there there's a legacy to this franchise Mostly because of the first two movies. Yeah. And again, I like the first movie. Right. I absolutely adore the second movie. Even though I didn't give it five stars, still absolutely adore it. So I'm a fan of those two movies. Right. But moving on, and even the things outside of the franchise, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get... I've, I've tried to dip my toes into some of the expanded franchise that we're going to talk about right. on the retrospective episode, and I'm, I'm having a little hesitancy and trouble getting into some of these because I don't know if it this franchise is for me yeah. you know i don't know it's so it's, it's a tough it's a tough watch well it is what it is andrew you are up again my friend here you go the episodes end well we bring another episode to a close thank you for listening thank you to tony as always and we appreciate everybody for their support you can find us on apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast and more you can follow us on twitter and instagram at franchise me pod you can see all of our rankings on letterboxd just search franchise me one word and you can send us an email franchise me pod at gmail.com give us a rating or review on apple podcast give us your feedback so we can get better each week now join us next week as we welcome back arnold into the franchise and see what is exactly happening in the as ryan put that crazy <laughs> terminator genesis also uh keep an eye out for a poll who yes. is the more christ-like figure is it dom toretto or is it john connor let us know we'll see you next week goodbye bye-bye